beautiful people, welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Commissioner Wednesday, November 1st, Rabbit Rabbit, this sports program starts right now! Football! It is obviously happening all around us, and there was massive news overnight that we will certainly dive into here in a matter of moments, but also massive news today on this program. In about 29 minutes or so, we will have the first and only NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman on the program. Wow! Could not wait to chit-chat with Gary Bettman about what life is like as a commissioner, what's going on with the NHL, what the future plans are, and how do we continue to build the momentum that we currently have for a sport that nobody really realizes how great it is until they get a chance to watch it. How do we get more eyes on hockey so they can continue to grow and be a sport that kids and everybody can fall in love with? Cannot wait to chat with him. We'll also have J.J. Watt on today for his weekly segment. Can't wait to chat with him. Kirk Herbstreet will join us in the third hour in between all of his meetings. Mm -hmm, Because, you know, he meets with every coach of every team that's calling in every game and then everything he's got going on. One of the busiest dudes of all time making time for us today because the first official college football playoff top 25 ranking was released just yesterday on the college football playoff live show that's hosted by Reese Davis. Speaking of Reese Davis, Reese Davis will be with us here in the Thunderdome for our next megacast simulcast on Saturday night. That'll be a take on uh, Red Zone. Oh, okay. Yeah, it'll be a college football frenzy. A college football primetime cover. Basically, every game that's happening on Saturday evening, we will be cutting in and out of whenever uh, things heat up. Now, if it's a little bit dry and if games getting a little cold, boom, we'll hit some highlights from earlier in the day. So what I'm thinking Saturday night is going to be, hosted by the incomparable Reese Davis, will basically be everything you need to know from the college football day that was in the primetime games that are happening. That's the vision. We'll see if we can execute it. We can't wait for it. It's a beautiful time to be alive, and I'm very lucky to be alongside the toxic table at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Con man, love what you're doing on your uh, chest there, pal. Oh, yeah, nice. The two wolves, the yin and yang, if you will. I know it has something to do with uh, Ragnarok and that type of culture, but it's yeah, I, I like the wolf shirt. Well, yin and yawn. Oh, yin and yawn, excuse me. Yeah, I think the Americans messed that one up. I learned that whenever the Olympics mm, were in Korea, really? and they huh. did a full yin-yan thing. That's that 69. That's mm-hmm. right. That's that 69 That's thing. That's right. You mm-hmm. know, because one, good. Yep. Two, full. That's right. Mm-hmm. You need the one to complete the other. Mm-hmm. It's love. It's perfect. It's simpatico, like those wolves on your chest right oh, yeah. next to Ty Schmidt. One of your best days you've had yesterday. Thanks, Doc. I appreciate it. Well yesterday was a lot of fun. Like I said, I wasn't, you know, in in the morning, I was very, very bummed that uh, the Hulkster costume didn't come in time because I was looking forward to, you know, putting that on and doing that all day, but my voice in the end, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. I'm glad I got to do the Pete Thamel. He enjoyed it. He came on the show. So, yeah, yesterday was awesome. I wonder how long it takes for you to just get out of it. Like, last night, were you talking to your wife and your baby? You were like, <laughs> you're to get gobsmacked with. Like, how long are you still in the uh, in the impression, if you will? No, I kind of just dropped it right after the show because I'd been doing it for so long. So, it was like, hey, if I, if I do this for another hour, I will be doing it all <laughs> night. So, I needed to immediately. That's, be- like, that's like draft spectacular nights? Yeah. Afterwards, whenever we go off air, after we've been live for however many hours, the round one of the draft takes like 10 hours mm-hmm. somehow, 32 picks, 10 hours, come spend a year with us. The NFL draft round one pretty much is what that show yeah. has become. Cannot wait to see what we're able to do now yeah. with the potential hands that we are able to shake in the setup we're going to be able to have mm-hmm. in that evening. Always going to be awesome. But your Mad Mel Kuyper 
until basically the next morning all the way into like the next show whenever you're talking even if we're just shooting some hoops having some drinks we got mad mel kuiper here joining us so i appreciate the fact that pete thamel has joined your repertoire and i think he's going to be a valuable piece of this college football season one half of the hammer cowboys tone digs this michigan sign stealing Uh stuff is growing growing and growing every single day somebody on the internet finds something new that we're all going to be incredibly pumped about now it's this dude was undercover on Jim McElwain's sideline of the Central Michigan team Jim McElwain known fisherman yep that's yeah. right known fisherman nice boat Jim McElwain was one time a wide receiver coach for Michigan now his name's being brought into the Michigan controversy because allegedly this Connor Stallions guy former captain of the Marines was hiding on their sideline maybe with recording sunglasses oh. Oh. Trying to get Michigan State signals. Now, I believe what Michigan's going to say about all this is this captain and Marines, we appreciate his service. Hell yeah, yeah. of course. Thank and you. he went to the Naval Academy, obviously, and he was accepted to Michigan, always been a Michigan, want, a Michigan man, wants to be a Michigan man. But whenever we hired him, we said, yeah, we would like a guy that can maybe decipher some signals. He's a rogue agent. You think we're sending mm-hmm. the Central Michigan to worry about Michigan State? You don't think you you think we're worried about Michigan State? That's what Michigan's going to say, and then the entire conversation is going to be like, "Well, Harbaugh, you did reap the benefits of what this psycho was potentially doing without your knowledge of it all." It's going to continue to grow, and every day it's something new. Last week it was the against Ohio State, yep. where everybody mm-hmm. on the sideline. Yep. Go to the sky. This time it's a guy hiding on Central Michigan sideline. And now Jim McElwain, head coach of the Central. There he is. Put his head down. Oh, no, camera. Camera. What are you looking for down there, guy in the hat? We don't know. Maybe he lost his contact. Could have been. You know, the sidelines are a little hectic and Mm -hmm. everything like that. But it certainly looked like he was going, whoa, 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 whoa. Like he's an undercover cop. You know, and uh, oh, yeah. whenever an undercover cop is potentially working somewhere mm-hmm. and they're in the background right. of a photo, that's not good news. Obviously, NFL teams see this type of stuff. I've seen some undercover police do, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, not now, not now. Don't need to die. That feels like that's what Connor Stallions was doing. Here's what Jim McElwain, head coach of Central Michigan, avid fisherman, former coach of Florida and at the University of Michigan as a wide receiver coach, which is a big part of this because that's allegedly how it all ties together. Here, here's him talking about the hat sunglasses man on his sideline against Michigan State. Now, before we go any farther, uh, we've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. Um, <laughs> you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Uh, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And... Uh, we lost the game. You know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, yeah, of course. Sure. And again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. Hell, I didn't even see him. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the same sideline as him. I didn't see you saw how good he was, like, kind yeah. of just mixed in, kind of stand-looking guy. So, once again, the story continues. But there's internet – People now who have talent and apps. Oh, yeah. They're dragging his face from like photos yep. onto that particular face. I saw a video and it's like, 
That's the same guy. Lines up. <laughs> That's Captain for the Marines. Yeah. That's Connor Stallions. I will say he was never deployed. Okay. Okay. When he was with the Marines, I do believe he was uh, stationed in California. We do appreciate the fact that he signed up for oh, yeah. the Marines and for that he went to school at the Naval Academy. I think he was a GA, but yep. this thing's only growing. And this Michigan team is so damn good. It's a shame that this is going to get hung over their head, but it's like, it's certainly real and it's only getting bigger and bigger. In this college football world, too, and they released their college football uh -huh. playoffs for the first time last night, which is a big deal because it's the one that matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the general, Bob Carpenter has been right all along. Yes, the he whole has. Yeah, yeah, and we feel like his ranking does matter, and people need to take it a lot more serious, especially with what we're seeing now. He basically has the feel of what this college football playoff committee is going to do. This is pretty much where he's been sitting mm -hmm. the last, like, four or five weeks. But these are the folks that are going to determine who's in the playoff. These are the ones who are going to determine what bowl game you're going to. In the future, there's going to be 12 teams. This is the group that is deciding it all. Heard Boo Corrigan talk a little bit last night about the Michigan situation. He said, that's an NCAA issue. That's not a college football playoff committee issue. But everybody from the outside is looking in, like, kind of, though. Mm -hmm. Kind of. A little, little bit. Because competitive advantage and nobody else is doing what they're doing. So it's all getting a little bit muddy, but uh, Ohio State, number one team in the country in their eyes. I can respect it. Two massive wins. I feel like if you're the champion, you remain the champion until somebody knocks you off the pedestal, especially if you play your best football game after losing the best player in football, but I don't think uh, Kirby Smart's pissed off that they're number two. He's certainly using that, and I also appreciate the fact that if you get ranked third in the country or fifth in the country, you're like mad about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Superman. Pretty real. good. Mm -hmm. Pretty good start so far. Yeah. The whole top 25 is filled with storylines. And congrats to Oregon being the one loss team that is represented at the highest. Mm -hmm. Alabama's in there as well. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit last night on the College Football Playoff Live show at 7 o'clock on Tuesdays, where they're unveiling that whole thing. He said, uh, right now, the team that I don't want to see, Oregon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's just recency bias or not. But nobody's supposed to go into Utah and do what they did to you. No, no, Wild. That is not how it's supposed to go out there. <laughs> like, that is a tough place to play. The stats say it. We're not saying this just because we fell in love with the state. No, no. We're just telling you stats say it's a tough. That team, tough team. Like, Good. tough team. Yeah, dog. Going to be in it. Like, it's going to be a Big Ten type game. Right. Whenever uh, Utah's in the game. And instead, Oregon just went in there and just beat the hell out of the team. We fell in love with. Crazy. Yeah. We fell in love with. So it's real. Uh, a man who is a nine-year NFL vet and has been joining us Monday through Wednesday all year this year. A host of the Man to Man podcast and everything DB, Derek J. Butler is here. Looking you incredibly cool. Hey, you look super cool today, D. Butt. Appreciate you. And uh, also joining us, 12-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion player coach, a Jackie Moon for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he also played for the Arizona Cardinals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right. the Philadelphia Eagles, right. the Indianapolis Colts, right. and the Baltimore Ravens. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, a true journeyman. And the only reason why is because he was drafted late, because he had short arms. Yep. In a big gut. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now he's got no gut. Properly jocked. Ladies and gentlemen, AQ Shipley. AQ. That's an accurate assessment. Perfect. How about Penn State being a main reason why Ohio State is currently ranked number one? That's going to make you feel good as a Penn State alum, huh? Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they respect your team. They, and then they, they respect your team enough <laughs> to put that it's like one. that big win. That's they, they beat a good team. So that, hey, James Franklin has built a good enough team yep. to. Impress the committee to put Ohio State at number one over over Michigan, Georgia, and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Good for, hey, Penn State. We are Penn State. We oh, 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 That's big news. That was it. Congrats to you guys. But then they laid an egg against Indiana. and had They won. Have, and then they had to have a players-only meeting. 
Oh, and we no, know, and we know no, what happens oh, there. No. UConn was not in the top twenty-five, but in Maybe the next ten bummer. years, there's Maybe. a chance. Maybe have twenty. Maybe they go on a run. Maybe. Let's talk about the massive news that has happened in the NFL world while we are all asleep, especially on the East Coast time zone. The Las Vegas Raiders here, just twenty-five games into a six-year contract worth somewhere near $60 million. Josh McDaniels has been canned as the Las Vegas Raiders head football coach and alongside of him sent packing his GM, Dave Dolph Ziegler. Yeah. Now, I will say that this was certainly surprising to all of us whenever we awoke this morning. A six-year deal, especially with Mark Davis and how the Raiders kind of have been run, not saying financially, but financially, yeah. you would think they would not get out from underneath a $60 million contract with $40 million roughly still owed after this season to a head coach. Mark Davis couldn't take it anymore. Mm -mm. Now, yesterday, whenever we were asked, does Devontae Adams need to command a trade to get the hell out of town? We thought to ourselves, the natural thought would be, are the Raiders going to figure this out over the next couple of years while Devontae Adams is on contract? Do we think the Raiders are going to fire the head coach maybe after this season? Maybe fire the GM? And it was almost felt like we were being uh, sports media people, just mm -hmm, being dramatic. Mm -hmm. Like, are they going to fire the GM? Are they going to fire the coach? He's only 25 games into this thing. He's got a six-year deal. Are they going to do – Mark Davis said – yeah, I am. I'm sick of it. This means that to me, Mark Davis talked to probably Max Crosby, probably talked to Devontae Adams. He said, hey, listen, I'm on your guys' side. I'm not on the coach's side. We're going to rebuild around you. We're not rebuilding in their vision. Now, if you do recall their vision, uh, Darren Waller, yep. out. out of the building. Sure. See ya. Uh, Derek Carr, literally kicked yes. out of the building. Yep. Uh, you talk about Hunter Renfro and what has happened with him mm -hmm. under this whole thing, pretty much out of of the offense. You chit-chat. Uh, what's that? Just Chandler like, Jones Chandler, situation. Josh, yeah. Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was going to hold out. It's like a lot of the things that have happened with Dave Dolph Ziggler and Josh McDaniels, for them to have the lack of success that they've had, they've made some big swings and done some things to the kind of the core of the Las Vegas Raiders. So they move on now. Ex-player, big Pierce, Super Bowl champion mm -hmm. for the New York Giants, who's an old-school guy, I do believe. He is now the interim head coach. Champ Kelly, who none of us know is the interim GM, but congrats to him having the name Champ. Yeah. I think he's probably going to bring positive vibes in there. Aiden O'Connell allegedly mm -hmm. going to be the starter. And if you look back in history, you think to yourself, after week eight, this guy gets fired. That seems pretty early, not only in a season, but in a six-year tenure yeah. that was supposed yeah. to happen. So we dug throughout the history of the NFL. Look at some of these firings. Uh, look, uh, that's going to be tough for me to read. Yeah, okay. 1938, okay, in year two, Hugo Bezdick was fired <laughs> after three games. Jeez. Listen to this one. 1968, year seven, Joe Collier, two games into the season. See you later for the Bills. How about the team formerly known as – right? Of course. The Washington. Ha, 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 ha. Not saying it, obviously. But it is part of NFL history. Yeah. And George Allen certainly coached for them for two preseason games in his first year, 1978. Stop. They said, this guy stinks. <laughs> wow. I don't know what they saw. I don't know what the hell happened in these two preseason <laughs> games. But they knew quickly, this guy ain't got it. He ain't winning a Lombo. <laughs> Let's get him the hell out of here. Two preseason games, this guy. Less. We don't know if he got arrested for murder <laughs> or what idea. happened. Yep. But he was two preseason games into his tenure. He got canned. Jack Patera, year seven over there for the Seahawks. Lane Kiffin 
Griffin in his second year, four games in. If you do recall, that got real loud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Real loud. Real like this comes after a USC situation or before a USC Maybe. situation. Lane Kiffin went through a lot of boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah. To find himself at Ole Miss right now, I think they're ranked top 10. I think Ooh. they're ranked 10th in the country right now. Bobby Petrino in his first year, 13 games it lasted. Now, he resigned, so it's not necessarily a firing, but I do believe the team was going to fight him. So, that was kind of a... Uh, that was kind of a decision made yeah. in Smart a firing one. spot. Dennis Allen, Raiders, after four games in his third year. Joe Philbin, his fourth year, five games. Hugh Jackson, eight games in. Urban Meyer, 13 games in a year one. That was a long 13 games. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened there. In our head, like 10 different things just happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, he kicked the kicker. Yeah. Oh, no, he was on the dance floor. Shouldn't have went to the dance floor. Like, uh, he got laughed out of the thing. He didn't fly with his team. That was only 13 games. Yeah. Crazy. Missed those times. Those, Those were fun times. Time. That was yeah, great remember time. Tebow? Tebow was in there, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Do you remember yeah. what he was going to do to this Jags to- team, too? And he goes down to uh, Jacksonville with the Khan family. Mm-hmm. The Khan family owns All Elite Wrestling, uh, which is another wrestling coach. Oh, yeah. And I forgot about that. And his first week down there, he goes, we're throwing this word elite around oh, too much. <laughs> Way too much. We were going to be on the edge. Uh-huh. Okay, we need to be on the edge. Elite, everybody's elite. It's like, well, maybe everything's elite where you are because you were actually on an episode yes. of something called Holy <laughs> Wrestling. Guy laptop. Oh, I'm going to need to build a new building. Too. Remember, he wanted to oh, build yeah. a whole new town. Yeah. I need a new practice facility. I need a new town within Jack's Beach. I need this whole thing. And in the way that unfolds, I bet you cons, the cons were just like, huh. we could have got this more terribly wrong if we try 13 games though he lasted so congrats to him frank reich obviously the writing was on the wall that was nine games jeff saturday would go on to be the head coach after him last year matt rule got fired after five games carolina panthers kind of have that as his mo with the new owner remember ron rivera got fired early as well Mm -hmm. whenever they knew they were going to move on from him matt rule see you later and then josh mcdaniels in his second year eight games into this thing he is canned darius j butler I know an early firing is a uh, a good sign to your fan base. Like, we ain't putting up with this shit anymore either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is also maybe an early look at who the next person is. Maybe Antonio Pierce gets a real opportunity here to lead this team and see how they do. Mark Davis has done crazier things. But the big story for me is Tom Brady becomes an owner of the Raiders. And then all the people, including Mick Lombardi, I do believe, yeah. yep. all the people that came from the Patriots out and Giants won a Super Bowl, right, against the pitch, in. Now, interesting sure. kind of oh, times in Las well, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about what the future holds for all of them? I mean, not not extremely shocked. We all saw it, how, what's been going on in the program. We always talk about um, – the death sentence that players only meetings are they had a players in coaches kind of meeting where they air out all the grievances and then a couple of days later you know these moves are made so like you said maybe they did talk to those players Devonte max and say hey what what's the direction here which way do you want to go um you hate to see it you know in the middle of the season especially for the players because now antonio pierce you got to come in there mid-season and try to you know steer this ship champ kelly he's been around on um, the league for a while in the personnel um space when Rick Versace got the, the interim job, yep. I feel like most of us felt like, hey, this is the guy. It was kind of like Wilkes in Carolina. That's mm-hmm. probably the guy you should at least give a shot of what he did in that locker room with everything that went on that season. Yeah, Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Playoffs. No, not, no, no, not, not, yeah, not I mean, Saturday's in like uh, the Raiders. Remember that oh, was, that yeah, was, how that it was drugs. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. car, like, it was Rooted. a bunch of shit going on. And he kind of, he, you know, had that team playing. So I think he should have definitely got a shot. So we'll see, um, you know, what Mark does here. But it's, it, you know. Anytime you get a midseason fire, and that's definitely shocking, especially in the middle of the night, the yeah. day after 
Trade. Same day of trade same deadline. Day. In yeah, their eyes, same day as trade deadline. But I think it had passed because Eastern time is the mm-hmm. – whatever the case. Um, AQ, for these coaches now, do they see it as an opportunity to like, okay, this is our opportunity to run a team? Or do they say, man, they are punting on this season. This is a move for next year, and we're kind of all in a bad spot. This is a move for next year. I mean, you are literally just trying to right the ship, I guess, culture-wise. Because I was a part of a team where we fired Mike McCoy midseason as the offensive coordinator. And – whoever this new offensive coordinator is that's coming in, like, he has – you can't change terminology. You can't run a whole new offense. You can't do a whole new install. You can't do – you can't do all these things. Exactly, just like they had in Indianapolis. Parks Frazier was the only guy that knew the plays. He was 29 years old. Exactly. And he got handed the keys to the offense last year. Killed it. And same thing. They did the same thing with Mike McCoy and then Byron left, which Byron obviously came from a different philosophy, the whole Bruce Arians world. You couldn't implement a whole new – offense when he was put in same thing in 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 Vegas right now and it's going to be uh hey we're just going to just try and write this culture that's all we're trying to do yeah and for Antonio Pierce it probably sucks a little because you look at the Rich Passaccia thing and they somehow made the playoffs and he still didn't get the head coaching job but I go back to when the Raiders played at SoFi and Mark Davis is basically sitting with the fans in that front row and people are walking by like hey fire McDaniels fire (laughs) McDaniels and he you know he responds and says you don't even know what you're talking about I assume it got so loud in Vegas that Mark Davis just couldn't take it anymore, and he was like, all right, we're not going to Super Bowl this year. Everyone seems to hate this guy. Like, Waller, who's been on, he seems to be just like a great dude. Everybody loves Waller. Everybody yeah. Inspirational loves story. Yeah. Right. This guy's awesome. Really good at football. And if he, he couldn't make it work with him, and the weirdest part about that is that they signed him to an extension. The year before the season started last year, those guys, Ziegler, Ziegler, however the hell you say his name, and McDaniels gave Waller an extension and then shipped him out of town a year later. Like, how does that happen? Especially in an offense where it's like, hey, this guy's coming from New England. They use the tight ends a lot. Waller's going to be a huge part of this thing. And then he doesn't get invited to a wedding, so he ships him out of town. Like, (laughs) that's absurd. Yeah, well, not just only doesn't get invited to the wedding, outs where the wedding's going to be, allegedly. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That like, kind of says, hey, two superstars here in Vegas are getting married, Ray. I was invited, but you guys can certainly go ruin it <laughs> if you want to. And I guess that kind of happened, allegedly. Allegedly, We, yeah. we could have asked both Darren and Kelsey, but we decided not to because mm-hmm. we want to have a good convo with them. But shortly after that, that was the story for why Darren wanted out because Josh McDaniels potentially ruined his wedding day. Now, yeah. now his wife playing for the Las Vegas Aces and him mm-hmm. being in New York now is not necessarily great, but it was anything to get away from Josh McDaniels, it feels like. And this leads to the conversation of this Belichick coaching tree. And Ooh, we're oh, trying to put boy. a graphic together, but it's tough to put it together because um, – Yeah, so that is certainly a part of the tree. But it's tough to put together because the stats are so terrible. So, so terrible. It is very, very bad. There's a couple college coaches on there, and Vrabel didn't coach for him, so he's just a player. Saw that tree. We're trying to put a graphic together. But as we pieced it together, it is very apparent, like, hey – is Bill doing everything? So, you know, this is what you have to ask. Actually. Is Bill doing everything? Now, he is the general manager, mm-hmm. obviously. But it would be a funny scene to kind of learn after all this kind of ends. Like, hey, the offense of Josh McDaniels ran very, very well. Yeah, that was actually Tom and Bill. Those were They were putting that offense together. And then Josh McDaniels just calling their offense pretty much. And on defensive side of the ball, like Matt Patricia, he goes up to Detroit. He's supposed to be the savior, greatest defense coordinator of all time. <laughs> and it's like, well... Was it Bill, actually, that mm-hmm. was potentially mm-hmm. the one that was doing How about special teams? You take Joe Judge. He gets a head coaching opportunity for the Giants, cool. and it's like, well, was it actually 
Was it actually Bill yeah. that was doing this entire thing? Because other legendary coaches, and I'm not saying that Bill Belichick isn't the greatest coach of all time. He is. He's also the greatest general manager of all time. But I think he's also potentially the greatest offense coordinator of all time, right. uh, the greatest defense coordinator of all, all time, right. maybe the greatest special teams coordinator right. of all time, maybe the best running back coach of all time, maybe right. the best quarterback coach of all time, right. maybe the best wide receiver coach of all time. Like I think that is what this lack of success from his tree showcases. But also it might say, like, damn, Tom Brady – was probably a very, very important piece yeah. to all of this oh, thing yeah, up yeah. there. Oh, and you look at Man in the Arena, the whole behind the scenes with Tom Brady, that one of the plays specifically he mentions is how Bill told Brady that a defense will come out, it was Buffalo, that they'll show this look, and, and he found this on Saturday watching film, and he told Tom about this before the game, and that was one of the touchdowns they had. But the coaching records, I believe the two best were Bill O'Brien and Flores, and Bill O'Brien was 52-54, and 54, and Flores was 24-25. and 25. And those were the best by far looking at those coaches. Like, Cornell, he coached a long time, and he was a D coordinator too, but his head coaching was way below 500. I believe Joe Judge was like 10 and 33 uh, or 7 and 15. I, I think he coached more of the games than that. But it's it's terrible. It's really bad. And Belichick, obviously, he, he'll get bashed with the Brady thing on how it, how it was all Tom, but when you look at stuff like this, it is just impossible to deny how much better and how much Bill really does do for teams. Thank you. Now, this is from DraftKings. They put this graphic together, which this beautifully indicates it. I mean, great find here, ZD, around the internet. Saban was head coach of the Dolphins. People forget about that. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's why he's on here. There's college guys, too, that have gone on to have success that have come from the Bill Belichick era, but I think it's because in college you can act the way Bill Belichick acts without the resume. Like, that's how college football Mm -hmm. kind of operates. The big thing is Everybody tries to implement the Patriot way. Is that what you think, AQ? And it doesn't work because they don't have the resume of that guy that's right in the middle that's going to be considered the greatest of all time? Well, I think the biggest thing, we've talked about this a bunch, is the fact that it's easy to implement that way when you're winning. It's mm-hmm. very easy when you're winning. Hey, we'll wake up 5.30 a.m. Yep. We'll be there. Yep, we'll hey, do we it. Hey, do your little Oklahoma full pad, 7 a.m. Yep. You got it. You got it. Practice. We're going to go win. But. We'll run that hill after yep. practice. Mm-hmm. 100%. You. you Better we better have five six Super Bowls. Exactly. You know, if we're going to be committing this type of misery towards football that nobody else is doing, that is winning. Mm-hmm. You know, now granted the Chiefs do their thing, yep. but the Patriot way is just supposed to be this: a militant, very serious. Although Bill Belichick has a great personality and teaches well, but it's like this is how this goes. Like Mangini when he went to the Browns, heard stories of him implementing Oklahoma drills Wednesday morning six a.m. for guys that weren't starters only, and it's like. That makes its way around <laughs> locker rooms. And then you check the records. Like, yeah, they won two games that year. It's like, you think anybody is d- looking to go to do Oklahoma drills at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. on Wednesdays and okay. have 14 losses in one season? <laughs> yeah. That's misery compounded. So if you don't win, automatically you're just going to get set aside by your entire roster. Yeah. And it can end quick, as we're obviously seeing. And, and a- AQ mentioned obviously winning, but having your, uh, your best player – you know, invested in ball in. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, okay, obviously that's the best, our best player. That's the best player in the league. That's the best quarterback in the league. And every day he's bought in. So he's that, you know, that captain, that lieutenant or whatever, right under general. And he's fully bought into that culture. So that's going to trickle Stiles. down. Yeah, right. That's, go. that's going to trickle down. Like so Brady. if, if, if Brady's bought in, if, you know, Matt Light, if, you know, Vince Wilfork, if these, you know, Pillars, Devin McCourty, Julian, all these different guys throughout the years, if they're bought in, then that kind of goes throughout the um, the locker room. We all been in the locker room, so that's that's how it works. The players start to police themselves, and hey, this is the way we do things around here. And look, Monday through Saturday, it's not going to be great. But when you run out of that tunnel 
and he runs to the end zone and does his thing, you know you got a damn good chance. Like, you should win that football game. You feel like that every Sunday you run out of the tunnel. So you can buy into the bullshit. And it's harder when you go and deal with these other personalities. You deal with these individuals, got a lot of money, a lot of them making more than a coach when you in this locker room. It's hard to go somewhere like if you're Mangini or if you're Matt Patricia and go to Detroit where I'm sure Stafford or whoever they've been doing their thing, how they do it. Well, I remember he lost the locker room at one point. Yeah, yeah. you lose you lose the locker room. You, right you, away. Like, yeah, guys can't <laughs> there's no us. getting it back once you lose. Yeah. There's none. What is it? What the fuck? Like, what is this? We can't, we can't oh, do it. No, D-Bud. I didn't get it out. I didn't, get it out. I didn't get it out. I didn't finish it. That was the record. I didn't finish it. That's true, actually. No, I didn't Sometimes finish Sometimes Dick Good does let it go if you don't finish it. Happened to me. I almost, I did that. I mean, you're certainly saying you caught yourself, but my ears. My ears are saying, hey! Is he dead? I think me and Dick Good are sitting on third base. We got to check the aerial yep. view. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, there's yeah. no review. Bring him up. Yeah, Dick Good's the review. But yeah, it's tough. Oh, man. no. Tough and look at the, look what? At what we're doing. Look at our first impression. What? Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sir, we apologize. We had a seven-day record <laughs> yeah. going. Best yeah. we've ever had. This it's is the best we've – we were doing the most mature show yep. we have done in so long. You know what? I think the reason why it happened is because we're all a little jacked up today. A little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're all a little zeked up today. Yeah. Absolutely. Aren't we? Lloyd. We're feeling real good mm -hmm. today because this is the first time in this show's existence. Now, I know some people just got introduced to us whenever we came to ESPN, and welcome to The Ridiculous Show. We've been doing this a long time. And, you know, we have had a little bit of a following for a while. I'm, we don't understand why either. And this is the first time ever that a commissioner of a league says, you know what, I'll go talk to those idiots. Uh -huh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the first and only ever commissioner of the NHL. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Bettman. Yay! Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, and I think it's great to be with you. I'm getting used to the look of one of our sweaters without sleeves. I do like it, though. Ooh. And I love the fact that you have your Hockey is Awesome segment. Okay. Commish, two things. I cut this myself, so I apologize for kind of disrespecting <laughs> no, one great. of the tarps. I do like I like the way I breathe out here. But if I was ever get on the ice, that thing would be all the way down. I'd have the elbow guards. I'd have the thing. Mm -hmm. I'd do the thing. I would do it all. I grew up in a hockey town. Very lucky to say that. I think a lot of people uh, that are from hockey towns would say the same thing. So the hockey is awesome segment is just a very natural thing for me because there's a lot of people that don't know the sport, which leads me to this conversation. How do we continue to grow? I know you've been the commission's 19, what's that? 1990? Hey, congratulations. Wow. That's, that's incredible. They, they, they're going to keep me at this until I get it right. Well, hey, <laughs> we're continuing to build. It feels like we're in the middle of a boom right now for the popularity of the NHL. How do we continue that? What are some things you think that you guys are focused on to get this game in front of more people because it's the best game on earth? Actually, the attention that we're getting, particularly from ESPN, uh, both for the promotion and, and production of our games and how they're being carried and scheduled has been great. The Frozen Frenzy was a good element to that. Uh, our attendance, we're tracking for a record year on attendance. And we try to do things, whether it's at the grassroots level or I just came from a press conference announcing the public sale of one of our outdoor weekend events. We're going to put on two outdoor games at MetLife Stadium on February 17th and 18th. Tickets went on sale this morning. The Devils are going to be playing the Flyers on Saturday night, 
and there'll be a concert as part of that evening. The Rangers are going to play the Islanders on Sunday afternoon. The Giants and Jets have been great in sharing their home with us. And so we want to continue to create ways for fans to connect with our game and have a great experience. In addition to that, we've been using technology, puck and player tracking in particular, to bring people closer to the game, inside the game, and create more data around the game. But things like today and what you do with the Hockey is Awesome segment, that helps grow the game, and we really appreciate it. Now, I am a small doofus in this entire thing who happens to love... Hardly. Yeah, well, <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, you're all right by me, Kamish. I'll tell you that. But let's talk about that. I appreciate the kind words and acknowledgement, but lucky to do it. Let's talk about that stadium series. That felt like a brilliant concept from the very beginning. Obviously, Pittsburgh Penguins have been a part of a lot of them. Whenever you go to a stadium outside, it's a spectacle. There's more people. It's a different view. You introduce that sky cam, drone cam thing. Whenever you see the success of the stadium series, what is the next steps of it, and how do you continue to make well, it special? I feel like that MetLife, this is a brilliant festival weekend, almost, of the stadium well, series. Met, the MetLife games will be outdoor games number 40 and 41, I think. Uh, they're all sold out. They're all unique. We dress up the stadium, whether it's a football stadium or a baseball stadium, and it becomes unrecognizable because it's very hockey-centric and it's themed based on the area and the history and tradition of hockey in that area. Uh, what, what's really great about it is the players love it. It conjures up notions of them as young kids learning to skate outdoors on outdoor ponds. And for fans, it's there's tailgating, which you don't typically have for an arena sport. And we're coming together in numbers that you're not quite used to because, you know, we play in front of 18,000, 20,000 people in an arena. But when you put 80,000 people outdoors together, braving the elements, it, it's, it's, it's really taking the game back to its essential roots. And people just love the experience and dealing with the climate, which takes sports, which is the ultimate reality show, in our case, taking it outdoors and making it even more unpredictable. I was in Edmonton on Sunday where we played uh, the Flames against uh, the Oilers in the Battle of Alberta, which is a 40-some-odd-year-old rivalry. And the fans, it was sold out with something like 55,000 people. It was 20 degrees out, and it was just awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. And also the jerseys that get made for the special event. It just feels yep. big. You know, the NBA's – go ahead. No, no. And, you know, we're going to do a fan fest outside MetLife. We're going to have a concert on Saturday night, probably before the game itself, not just during the intermission. It, it's really a celebration of the sport. And hockey in New York, you know, you've got the Devils, the Rangers, the Islanders. We've brought in the Flyers, so 90 miles down the road – great rivalries, and hockey is so big at all levels in this area, you know, not just at the NHL level. Youth hockey is exploding as well, and that's another way that the game is growing. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because I think the NHL, what you guys do with expansion teams, should be the standard barrier in, in every a standard bearer in every other sport. You expand into new cities. Most recently, obviously, Las Vegas. They go on to win the Stanley Cup just five years later. You have the expansion draft, and you get great players in there. You're at 32 teams right now, obviously. Is that... Where do you feel at uh, 32? Are we expanding more? Are we doing? Because it feels like that's been a home run for the NHL. And how do we get more hockey towns? 
So that, that, that's a great question, and I have to answer it two different ways. One, uh, the success that, that Vegas and Seattle have had is actually no coincidence. You know, our competitive balance, based on our system of the salary cap and revenue sharing, gives us the most extraordinary competitive balance. You see it in the races in the regular season to who makes the playoffs. I mean, every one of our regular season games has meaning in terms of getting into the playoffs. And then once you get into the playoffs, as we've seen, anything can happen. And so we made the decision, the owners made the decision, unlike typical expansions in every other sport, including our own historically, is you, you admit a new team, you give them a mediocre draft, and there's initial enthusiasm for three, four years, but the losing gets old. And then 10 years out, the team gets competitive. We decided because of our competitive balance, we didn't want to bring in teams that couldn't be competitive. Bill Foley predicted, the owner of, of the, the Golden Knights, that he would bring a Stanley Cup to Vegas within six years, and he did it. Um, Vegas has turned into a great sports town and hockey town. We were the first ones in. Uh, people ridiculed us at first. They thought we were nuts. Uh, but we always <laughs> believed that Vegas, which at the time I think was the largest city without a major one of the major four sports there, and people wanted to have a professional sports experience. And now everybody else is gravitating. Obviously, the Raiders came. Baseball's going to come. The NBA is talking gone. about it. Uh, I mean, imitation, there. I suppose, is the highest form of flattery. <laughs> In terms of moving forward, we, we, we get expressions of interest all the time. We're getting it from Houston, Salt Lake City, Atlanta, Quebec City. Expansion isn't on the forefront of what we're thinking about. I take meetings all the time. I listen to expressions of interest. I'm not ruling it out, but it's not something we're focused on or we're pushing to do right now. So there we is like where we are. We think we have a good balance. And, you know, it also makes us a little bit different in terms of the competitive landscape and even television ratings. Seven of our franchises are in Canada. And so our footprint is a little smaller in the U.S. than the other three majors. But we think we're doing just fine, and all of our franchises are stable, healthy, and competitive. Well, there's one out there in the desert, obviously, that everybody has to talk about. But Phoenix is like top five city in the country, and yep. it's, it's that city's beautiful. Yeah. People, I mean, it is obviously a fantastic place. But that's a big focal point, I think, whenever these new cities are talking about how they would treat hockey if they were to go. We were just in Salt Lake this past weekend, and I know it's been brought up. The people, like the hockey is awesome segment that we do. The amount of people that came up and were like, hey, we love hockey here in Salt Lake. That hockey is awesome segment is up there. And I'm sure they're not the only city, but that city felt like, and we went to the Jazz game, 251 straight sellouts, 18,000 people in that place. It's like those cities see what's happening in Phoenix, and they think it's a crime almost. How do you fix what's going on with the Coyotes, and how do you kind of see that going, Kamish? The Coyotes need a new arena. It's that simple. Uh, and, and, you know, to go through the history of how they got into the situation they are is, isn't interesting and would take too long. But the point being, the current owner, Alex Morello, is committed to getting what he needs done in order to get them a new arena. And our, hopeful, our hope is that sometime this season we're in a position to announce that there will be a new arena for the Coyotes coming out of the ground. That's the goal because, as you said, it's an awesome market. It's top five or close to it, and it's a place we want to be, and there are great fans of hockey and of the Coyotes, 
and we're hoping to work it out. Having said that, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't do well, uh, perhaps with expansion in the future in a place like Salt Lake City, where we know there's tremendous interest. Yeah, it's fa- you're in a good spot, it feels like. The NHL is in a very good yeah. spot. We, we've probably never been healthier as a sport. The game has never been not only more competitive, but more entertaining and more exciting. Great young players. You recently had two on, on your show yeah. uh, with Bedard and Matthews. Uh, the skill, the speed, the entertainment value. As important, something that I track is we're, I think we're trending to set a record from come from behind victories. Lead changes were a team that was losing that comes on to win, and it's, it's getting close to 50% of our games, which makes it exciting and fun as a fan to be entertaining. And as a fan, you know, whoever you root for, your team likely has a chance of making the playoffs, uh, which most sports can't say. And then once the playoffs begin, as I said before, anything can happen. Our franchises are healthy. Uh, Our ownership is strong. Uh, The sport has, on all of the metrics that are relevant, has never been in better shape. Uh, We like where we are, but there's always more to do. And we've got to keep moving forward to make sure the game is healthy, that we're relevant, and that we're connecting with our fans. Should I call you Gary, G, Mr. Bettman, Commission? What should I call you? Gary, I like the best. Okay. Gary? Well, everything you just said was a lie about the Penguins. I've been told we're done this year. Yeah. I've been told we stink. That's what, I, that's what I've been told. But I appreciate where you're coming from because every game is electrifying. And you talk about how healthy the sport is, how healthy ownership is right now in the NHL. And we're all incredibly pumped because it wasn't that long ago, I guess two decades at this stage, the lockout happened. And I was doing some research on you because I'm very lucky to get a chance to chat with you. There are still some fans, I guess, that are very mad at Gary about the lockout. But I would like to say this. What did you learn from that experience? And how do you think the league has become stronger because of everything that happened then? We, we, we were fundamentally in a place, going back to 04, where the game wasn't entertaining. The players weren't having fun. There was no competitive balance. Uh, we wound up losing a season and collective bargaining didn't go very well. I wish it didn't take a full season to convince the union that we needed a new system. We got the system and that's what's opened up the game because when teams can compete and all of our teams can, it makes you play to win, not play not to lose. And that's why the game's gotten better. And what's interesting is, and I know there may be some people who still are upset about what happened, but when you look at the shape that the game is in now, there's no question that what we did, for lack of a better set of words, was worth it. But even when we came back from the year-long lockout, no sport had ever done that, uh, one, we set a record for attendance, we had record ratings, um, and we had great competitive balance. No business that I'm aware of shut itself down for a year and came back stronger than ever. And that's a testament to how great our fans are, how connected to the game they are, and the fact that they understood what we were doing and what the end result was. And what we're seeing now in terms of the health of the game is a function of we got the system we needed to make the game healthy. Hey. You should talk your shit on that, by the way, Mm -hmm. because sometimes some hard decisions have to be made. And in your seat, 
those ones are going to affect every single team or at least one team at it. And with where hockey is, I think everybody would accept the path that it took to get here, and it's only going to continue to grow. I think you should talk your shit on that, Gary. Tone has a question for you about growing the game. Yeah, I do. Mr. Gary, um, I lived in the same city as Sidney Crosby for 15 years, and I don't know anything about him. <laughs> and now, Con Connor McDavid doesn't talk a ton. Austin Matthews was on the show, but... You don't hear the stars talk a ton in hockey because I feel like it's just part of who they are. They don't like to make it about themselves. They like to make it about the team and stuff like that. Do you wish the stars of the NHL talked more, put themselves out there more? Do you think that would help grow the game? That That's a great question. And I think historically, our, the, the culture of our game was more team-centric than individual centricity. And our guys are great on and off the ice. And the younger ones, and our teams are supportive of this, as is the league, younger players understand the importance because they are Gen Zs, and they are now putting themselves out there on social media more than ever before. And it's something that we encourage. And, yeah, when you look at the things that we've been doing, Road to the Winter Classic, you know, the Stanley Cup videos behind the scenes, we know that fans, particularly younger fans, want more insight into the game behind the scenes and more about our athletes and how great they are and how personable they are. And that's something we're encouraging and emphasizing. And I think in that respect, the culture of the game is changing, and that's going to help grow the game as well. We've had, you're 100% right. It's just kind of been the culture, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not about me, it's about the team, which is very noble. Awesome. It is very, very noble. But they also they also get the world that listen. They're younger too. They're part of a newer generation, and they're more instinctively out there on social media and you know the behind the scenes stuff that we do and what they're now doing on social media, which is now being encouraged. Uh, I think is one of those things that's going to help make fans appreciate the players more than they even do and help grow the game. I think there's people that are always going to be fans of the team. For instance, I'm always going to be a yeah. fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins because I grew up in Pittsburgh. My father was a fan of the Penguins. My father's father mm -hmm. was a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But there's also a generation that is fans of humans and they're fans of the yep. people. So that anything that's going to bring them. Austin Matthews was great on our show. Yep. Shout out to Scottsdale, Arizona, by the way. Connor Bedard was great. P.K. Subban was fantastic. Patty Maroon has been on yeah. the show. He's been good. It's like there's a lot of great personalities. I'm excited we're getting to learn about them, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and the more the more casual sports fans, not just hockey fans, get to know our players and the people associated with the game, the more they're going to love the game and feel connected to it. I'm a meathead, even though I was a punter from Pittsburgh. Father was a truck driver. Hardly. Hardly. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. We'll, yeah. we'll play along. Okay. Hardly. You got it. You got it. But my dad, truck driver, you know, from Pittsburgh not scared, you know, every once in a while if we have to, even though I was a guy that punted footballs. A massive part of hockey for a long time has been fighting, has been the acceptance of fighting, of like, hey, you disrespected or took a cheap shot on my guy. We are handling this right now. To be honest, I think society kind of needs that back in moderation in a healthy way instead of what we become. Now, I know that you guys have kind of leaned away from potential of the fighting being a major part of hockey. Is there a happy balance there? I think there's more fights this year than there's ever been. What do you think about it, and how do you guys view it going forward? Because for me, dipshit in a sleeveless hockey sweater here, like, 
Love it whenever he says, oh, you want to hit my guy? I don't think so. We're doing this. But I know there's people that feel differently. I understand that there's people that feel differently, Gary. There, there is a balance. So let, let's take a step back. First of all, when you think about the nature of the game, uh, it's high speed. Players are encouraged to make physical contact with each other. Uh, it's emotional. It's nonstop. And by the way, everybody's carrying a stick. Um, fighting in, in the spontaneous sense tends to act as a bit of a thermostat when things happen in the course of the game, and it keeps the game under control. What's really come out of the game is, is the stage fighting and the designated fighter, and part of that is because the competitive balance is so intense, uh, teams have concluded you can't have a designated fighter anymore. What you really need is skilled players, and you don't want to give up a roster spot. 80% of our games don't have fight in, fights in them, roughly. The other 20%, the, spot, the fights tend to be spontaneous in the heat of the moment, and I think the game's in a good place with that. We're obviously aware of health and safety concerns, and that's something we've been dealing with with the Players Association for decades. But I think right now we're in a good place. Yes, fighting is penalized, but fighting in in the heat of the moment is something that has been a good outlet, and we don't need the stage fighting anymore. And uh, I think the game's better without it. Hey, feels like that's probably the right answer, especially if I was sitting in your seat. But I'll tell you what, when the boys form a circle, <laughs> oh. and he's got the sticks and they say, have at it, boys. You know, that's uh, your sport's the only one that has that. Your sport's the only one that it has happens. it. Yeah, it's going to happen forever, we would assume. Let's talk about safety of the game, though, because you just chit-chatted about that there at the end. Obviously, devastating thing happened in the hockey world. Devastating. Horrible. And I know in the NHL, and rest in peace, by the way, he was a penguin, so we appreciate him mightily. Got hit with a skate in the throat. Now, this is international. This is over in England, I do believe. There's a full conversation about did that guy do that on purpose, and he has a little bit of a rap sheet doing this. Nonetheless, let's stay out of that. Let's keep with you, though. Rest in peace, Adam Johnson. Let's keep with the NHL. There has been a conversation of potentially wearing a throat protector because there is sticks and skates. Where do you fall on that, especially with what is happening recently in hockey? That's something that's been an ongoing discussion in terms of safety and equipment and Kevlar, whether it's for legs or wrists or the neck. And to the extent anything would be mandated, it's something that A, there needs to be the appropriate education and B, it's something we do in consultation with the Players Association. We, we have a standing committee that meets regularly and studies these issues uh, and this has been a topic of ongoing discussion, and it will continue to be. Uh, players are free to wear Kevlar protection uh, for the neck and, and whatever. And I think as part of the evolution, it's no different than what we did with visors. It took us a couple of decades to agree to make it mandatory, but more and more through education, players had increasingly been wearing visors. They were coming into the game from other places as they were youngsters, wearing visors and we continue to encourage them not to take them off and then ultimately we got to the point where we made it mandatory i think over time as we continue to work with the players association we'll get there as well and as i said there's nothing to stop players from better protecting themselves whether it's the the neck or or wrists or legs from wearing more protective equipment uh, and that's something we're going to continue to study and educate on uh, but I think it's part of the natural evolution. And what happened in Europe 
was nothing short of a horrific tragedy, no matter how it happened. Uh, and it's something that I think has raised consciousness. And, and in terms of the consciousness raising, uh, it, that the discussions are not a bad thing to happen. Absolutely devastating what happened over there, especially with hockey. But what I think a lot of us learned is, oh, they're playing leagues over there, mm -hmm. which leads to oh, AQ yeah. Shipley's question for you, Gary. Yeah, Gary. So obviously the NFL has had a ton of success over in Europe. Has there been any yeah. talks? Obviously you guys have done some stuff in the preseason, but sure. has there been any talks of growing it more into Europe and having sure. like maybe an international series over in Europe? We do that. We've been doing that. Uh, last year we played in Finland. Uh, in November we have four teams going to play in, in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, people tend to forget two things. One, that a third of our players come from outside of North America, and, and these are some of the most skilled, coveted players in, in the world. And the fans, the hockey fans in their native countries are always anxious to see them play in the world's best league for hockey, which, which is us, obviously, which is why we've been for, for years taking regular season games and some preseason games to Europe, and which is why we're doing it now. The other thing is, and we're very respectful of it, there are highly developed leagues in European countries, uh, Sweden, Finland, Czech, Russia. Uh, and, and so we're very respectful of the fact that they're developing world-class players and we try to work collaboratively to use our games in Europe to help grow interest in the game worldwide. And as I said, that's something that we're going to be doing again in November in Sweden. Uh, we just played two, as a different aside, exhibition games in Australia, in Melbourne, in the preseason. So we, we are probably, in terms of the, the demographics of our players, the most international of the four major sports. Yeah, let's talk about the most international of the four major sports. I assume you have to deal with a lot of different international relations with a lot of these things. We do. Yeah. So we do. is that something you have to act actively focus on, diplomacy, whenever you're dealing with, you know, you just talked about Russia. They're currently in a war. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some other stuff popping off. Like, how do you go about dealing with everybody's different cultures, backgrounds, and happenings currently to kind of run a, you know, a nice, we, nice league? We, we have to be respectful. Obviously, uh, after the war with Ukraine started, we cut off all of our relationships, commercial relationships with Russia, which would, which was many millions of dollars that we just stopped doing business with. And, and in terms of our international rate relations, we're very respectful at the governmental level of what our country tells us is permissible and impermissible. Uh, but we try to have relations with the federations that govern hockey throughout the world. We we have a very strong relationship with the International Ice Hockey Federation, and we're trying to work together with the IIHF to get our players back into the Olympics because in addition to everything else that our players do that's important, the, they love representing their countries and they love international best on best, and we're going to try and make arrangements for Milano Cortina to get our players back into the Olympics. It's a logistic nightmare. It takes place in the middle of our season. It's very expensive, uh, but it's something that we're working on because it's important to our players. It's right in the middle of our season. Yeah. Very, we, hey, mm -hmm. very important for the yep. game of hockey too. A lot of people watching that, that maybe don't watch the NHL because they're watching Team USA exactly. or their own country. But also if this guy gets hurt, like in the International Baseball Series, yeah. World Buddy Blues thing, that kind of affects us. But yes, we are trying to make it happen because... Actually, by the way, there, I pointed out that way, 
and and you're right the way you were sort of parroting me. But the fact is, it's hard. No, because I would. Hey, Gary, Gary, we, Gary, we, hold on. We, we, we was we were supposed to go to the last Winter Olympics, and then COVID got in the way because we had to reschedule 150 some odd games, and we couldn't take the Olympic break. But the fact is, we do want to go. Because, first and foremost, it is important to the players. Listen, we don't make any money by going to the Olympics, and that's not the be-all and end-all. But the fact is, in the middle of the season, you don't see the other leagues willingly taking <laughs> yeah. that on yeah, it. because it, it changes the momentum of the season. Uh, and, and because of the composition of our teams, our NHL teams, some teams may send one or two players to the Olympics. Some may send, send nine or ten. Coming back from a two-and-a-half-week break halfway around the world means whatever conditions the teams were in, the NHL teams, before the break, some are coming back well-rested and some are coming back pretty tired. And that's something that impacts the season. Having said that, if we can make it happen with the IOC and the appropriate arrangements are are made, we're going to go. Gary, I want to tell you, the only reason why I'm saying that is because I was one of the people that was like, why are they not mm -hmm. in the Olympics? Yeah. Like, it just seems like such an easy thing. I was very loud about it. What a dumb decision <laughs> by the NHL to do this. And then you just laid out like, uh, there's about a thousand reasons why it's very difficult, but we agree. We would like to be in there. So I appreciate that from you a lot. And also... I know you have a lot of things happening every single day. The fact that you just took 25, 30 minutes of your life to talk to these idiots in this particular room, we are so incredibly thankful, Kamish. I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you. I expect all of you to join me at the two games at MetLife the weekend of uh, February 17, 18. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I hope you come as my guests, and I'm happy to join you anytime you want to have us on the show because I know you think hockey is awesome. I appreciate the hell out of you. The commissioner of the NHL, we'll see you out there too, by the way. Can't wait to see the spread in the commission. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Bettman. Thank you, buddy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Joining us now from an attic in Ohio is a man who was Edward Scissorhands yep. just yesterday, had white paint on his face with some emo goth hair all day on ESPN yesterday because he commits to the bit. This man is a father of 10, a COVID survivor, a Super Bowl champion, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron James Hawk. What's going on, bud? You look a little down today. You okay? We oh, no. Anything but down. We had a great trick-or-treat last night, man. Like little flurries of snow. It was real windy. It was it was perfect. <laughs> it was real chilly, real windy, he said. No, I'm saying it, it felt very like Halloween-ish where I'm looking around like it was like 20-mile-an-hour wind. It's cold. It started to snow a little bit. It was perfect, man. I agree. Back in the day, whenever it would snow and we'd go trick-or-treating, it's like those are the ones you remember. You know, like that's the that's South Florida ever snow on uh, absolutely now how do you go about your costume do you switch it up you gotta what do you mean no. you're sweating anyway because you're running house to house so you're already sweating you need mm -hmm. it to be like 20 degrees yeah and we're trying to get 
from neighborhood to neighborhood, yeah, too. Yeah. We got to get to the neighborhoods with the big homes because they're going to give us the big chocolate. Mm -hmm. That's where we need to get to. So you're hiding, you're dodging, you're ducking, you're diving. You always think, oh, maybe this neighborhood's going to kick us out because we're not from here. They're going to know. So you're just <laughs> always on edge. The anxiety's high. Thank you. King size. We knew it. And we're out of there. We're not worried about how cold it is. What are you talking about? You South Florida folks Jeez. just live in a different mindset. Soft. Never worried about that. This dude had a hoodie on when it was 95 degrees. Yes, he what did. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That was absurd. Mm -hmm. How's the golf game, though? You look like you're playing great golf. The golf game is solid. solid. That's what you need. South Florida, you need to be solid. golfing. This, yeah. this, 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 little, this shit right here humbled me. And uh, I actually had my best putting day ever uh, this past what, was okay. Saturday. Okay. Here? Yeah, or Saturday. Saturday. No, in, sure. In, oh, in, on, yeah. on yeah. Nobody sure. Bet you yeah. did, D-Bug. Bet you, you did. Yeah, that was. I mean, what? Uh, one. We got a couple witnesses that would, would co-sign on is that. Is that another member of the Butler Birdies? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, sure. But I believe that's, I the, that's the last person yeah. that will co-sign. The, yeah, you're the right. last person that will co-sign some bullshit. You're right. The Butler Birdies account has been fun to follow. The whole family's getting into the game. It feels like you guys are starting to ball. Speaking of ball, uh, Josh McDaniels might be balling. He got fired middle of the night last night. See you later. Same with Dave Dolph Ziggler. He's out there as well. Now you got Antonio Pierce as the head coach, a man named Champ Kelly as the interim general manager. They stick with Devontae Adams on the trade deadline. They stick with Max Crosby. They stick with their guys that they've paid and they want to be around. Now they're turning over the coaching staff and the front office yet again. What does this mean in your eyes, AJ? What, do you what are your thoughts? I mean, they're paying a ton of money to the coaches that they've fired, so that sucks, right? How much? $40 million allegedly over the next four years, guaranteed. Josh yeah. McDaniels might be a professional golfer over the next four years, or he will work for free with the New England Patriots. This is a classic Bill Belichick move. We'll let the Raiders pay him $10 million a year, and we'll pay you nothing. You're an intern. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm. So do you think this was all right to do in-season? Are you a fan of in-season firings like this when it feels like, hey, this is not going anywhere we want to go? I don't want anybody to lose their jobs ever. Okay. Yeah. Now that yes, got sir. written about us earlier whenever we came over here and sure. things happened. Anybody that wants to work, I hope you have a job. We're lacking people with work ethics, so I never want anybody to ever lose a job, especially people that would like to work. With that being said, I'm also a big fan of ownership telling their fans, yeah, I ain't happy with this shit either. You know, and that feels like this particular move, because uh, we did see videos earlier in the season where Mark Davis was sitting there, great hair. <laughs> Unbelievable. Super cool look. And he just won another world championship yes, he did. with the Aces just two weeks ago. And he's getting cussed out everywhere yep. he goes because of how the Raiders are. He's thinking to himself, guys, just won another world championship with the Aces. You're welcome. Brought it to the town. Nobody's ever done that. And instead, all he's hearing about is, these Raiders stink, bro. This guy ran Darren Waller out of town. Hunter Renfro doesn't even want to play football anymore. <laughs> what happened with Chandler Jones? What are we doing? That's all he hears probably all day, every day. So I appreciate the fact that he made the move. I don't know what it means for this year. Okay, what do you think it means for this year? This is a punt year, but they got a lot of money on the books still. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a let's set ourselves up for next year. So next year, this doesn't spill in and be a disaster next year. And possibly, though, very, very optimistic that something positive could come out of this year with Antonio Pierce, though. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, that's a the hope. AQ, former player coach, one year, two years. How many years you coach? One year. One and a half. Yeah, with the player coach. Seven here. months. Coach for <laughs> one and a half years. Mm -hmm. Won a Super Bowl. That's right. Pretty hey. good. What's Belichick's right. ratio? Oh, years not that. To not Super as good. Not that. Not anywhere know. near there. I don't know. Put him in the hall. Played and coach same year. Unbelievable. Jackie Moon. Bill yeah, ever do Bill that? Never did that. Never did. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Get the funk out of that. my face. Get the funk out of my face. Get the funk out of my face. Get the funk out of my face. That's Jackie Moon. You did. And uh, Pete Rose did, and he did some other things as well. Let's. Uh, Actually, 
<laughs> Confirmed. Yeah, yeah, he actually yeah, he did. did. Uh, Antonio Pierce, though. What are the chances that he's an incredible coach? You think as a former player. Now, Jeff Saturday coming in was not with the team all year. He gets dropped in there. Jim Irsay wanted a clean house, clearly, and he wanted somebody that he had a lot of trust and faith in to restore the culture that the Colts were because what from what he heard, I assume – all hell is broken loose. Late the meetings, missing treatment, gambling against the Indianapolis Colts while you're on the Indianapolis Colts. Like, everything was shit pretty much behind the scenes. Somebody would have loved to have that opportunity. Jeff Saturday is the one that was supposed to go turn around. He did not. But as a former player stepping in this moment, what do you think he does, and how do you think he does as the coach of the Raiders interim? Yeah, one thing that's huge with former players, what they do is they hold people accountable. That's the first thing they're going to Yeah, but normally players, remember – not, but I don't. Players are normally players' coaches. Remember, mm-hmm. too soft. They I don't are. think that's ever the case whenever players are coaching. No, it's not because they understand what it takes, right? Like they understand the pulse of the locker room. They understand all of the inner workings that maybe the guys who are never in a locker room don't understand. So I think the first thing he's going to do is he's going to come in. He's going to try and change the culture. And the first thing he's going to do is hold people accountable. Hey, listen, all this stuff we've been doing that isn't working, whether it's late to meetings and we've heard in other places obviously don't know if that's going on there but if that's the case he's going to come in he's going to start hammering the fist right away and then gain the pulse of the locker room and go from there and now start to develop the relationships with the offensive side now you just try and develop culture because again we told we said it earlier you cannot change things personnel terminology scheme wise mm-hmm. in season you got to kind of stick with it, what it is and just hope that we're doing it better Aiden O'Connell allegedly going to be the quarterback so they're moving on from Josh Ziegler and Jimmy and mm-hmm. just saying huh? Tom Brady being the ownership group now mm-hmm. is he officially I think they get approved Ooh, it, didn't they, uh, Did they? Could, well I, don't, I just never knew if they approved or not because there was all that trouble I thought they got to a point where they did approve it I'm not 100 sure I'm not sure yeah. I think because I heard a new yeah, I think they approved. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure because the last time I don't it was know like, why final. isn't he? I, I I didn't think they did because the last time we talked about it, it was like, why aren't they just letting him in? The last news I'm seeing was from uh, October 19th. Is it was still held up? So the reason why it's held up allegedly is because he's not paying enough money. Correct. Yes. So they're saying like Mark Davis is giving this guy too good of a deal, which then leads to like how other teams are going to be sold in the future. It's like Tom Brady, greatest player of all time, would like to get into ownership. The person that owns the team was like. Yeah, it's fine by me mm-hmm. to sell this percentage at this rate. And the rest of the NFL is like, ah-ah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. no. Tom who? Who cares? He's yeah. retired <laughs> yeah. is who we're talking about in this entire thing. So you're right. I guess Tom Brady's not a part of this at all. But them moving on completely from what they thought it was going to be, seems like there's another, you know, seems like it's the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Merry-go-round. A long time. You'll pay another time. coach now. Long. Uh-huh. And then guess who's going to still be in the division? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And then, you know, we're going to do the whole. Mm-hmm. And then guess who's still going to be in the division? Not Brandon Staley. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Still going to be in the division. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Brandon Staley, we would assume. But <laughs> Travis Kelsey's still going to be there. Sure. Andy Reid's still going to be there. Yeah. Oh. Feels like there's going to be a lot of turnover potentially in the AFC West. You know, we've already kind of seen it. I assume that happened in the AFC East when the Patriots were doing what they were doing. Yeah. Because you're literally staring at the top of the mountain two times a year, and you're just watching it take place, and every owner is going to naturally say, why is that not us? That could be us. I need to find it. Well, now you got to pay Josh McDaniels $40 million Ooh. for the next four years. Yeah. Those coaches' contracts. Shout out to those agents with those coaches' yeah, contracts. Figuring that entire thing out. Joining us now is a man who I assume has a thought or two about this. He, you see him every once in a while on Sundays on CBS. Mm-hmm. He crushes it. Crush oh, yeah. Best on there. 
He's already in the Houston Texans Ring of Honor, third person ever put in there. Yeah. Whoa. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Very tall, but properly proportioned, so whenever you see him on his FaceTime, he doesn't look abnormal. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, J.J. Watt. Yay! Good description. Thank you. It was a good description. I try to look proportional. I mean, that is a, that is a goal of mine. Yeah, because you're overgrown. Yeah, for sure. You know, like whenever you see you in real life, you're like, yeah. This thing is much bigger than it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, taller, wider, right. seemingly the heads, the jug of the head Massive. is gigantic. Huge head. Just a gigantic head, figuratively and literally. No, we don't think you're talking you're, about think you're an arrogant psychopath. No. no, we don't say but whenever you no, look, no. you go, this guy's overgrown, but then it's like, oh, properly proportioned this mm -hmm. guy. Properly proportioned. Good for him. Now let's get it out of the way, because it's right there on your big forehead. Boy. <laughs> we can't be losing to teams like Born With. My we can't. God. Oh, well, those no. are supposed to be wins. Those it. are supposed to be wins. Gumpy, what the hell happened <laughs> to Burnley? I thought we were supposed to win this past weekend. We're up one nothing. Top bins had a beauty. I mean, just had to hunker down, close it out. JJ was there for the taking. <sighs> what happened, Coach? Our owner. Sorry. <clears throat> it uh, it was a frustrating one. That was that was certainly a frustrating one. You know, last game against Brentmore uh, against Brentford. Um, I was frustrated with that one, but then this one, we, I mean, like you said, we went up 1-0, and then uh, we, they, they put some pressure on, and we didn't handle it very well. We have a, we have a match coming up today uh, in a couple hours in the Carabao Cup against Everton, so I'm really hoping we have a bounce back and we show some resiliency and some resolve here. The Carabao Cup. Let's take down the Toffees, yeah, JJ. Cup. Take down the Toffees yeah. today. Yeah, nearby. Uh, it's a battle. This is the manager of Everton is the manager that uh, was previous to our current manager. So it's there's a lot going on today. Oh, it's no. oh there were a revenge game in the oh. Carabao Bowl. Uh-oh. The Carabao Classic. Look Not out. Good. That's good. awesome. What is the Carabao Classic? Yeah. Do we got a trophy Official? on this? Oh, yeah, big, big trophy. Uh, I mean, there, there's four or five different competitions going on at any one time. Of course. And, uh, in English football, it's, it's pretty wild. So this is one of those competitions. So we obviously just played Saturday. We played today in the Carabao Cup, and then we have another Premier League match this weekend. So it's bang, bang, bang. I got Hopefully, good news. I yeah. got probably not going to be playing on Wednesdays, right? In that the uh, Wednesdays are the uh, Champions, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah, it seems like that's Champions not gonna, League. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a little ways away. That's a little ways. Away. <laughs> We're working towards it. Yeah, we're working get towards there. it. Close to top four. Yeah. Hey, let's go, Burnley. Yeah, what are we saying? Come on, yeah, Burnley. Let's go, Burnley. How many games we got left? Because I know we're in that. We're in the danger zone. Yeah, we're in the danger zone yeah. right now. Right? How many games? Yeah. We got we're left? ten games in. We're ten games in. We got twenty-eight games left. Oh, oh time. Time. Okay. Yeah, we're we're just get we're getting everything together. We're building our chemistry. We're understanding the style our coach wants us to play, and we're going to be just fine. Oh, execution is the problem here. It's uh, he, he he runs a very specific style of play, and it takes guys a while to to understand exactly what he's asking and to execute it. So yes, we're execution is key. Gump, what's the style this guy's running? How come he's not letting his players just play freely out there yeah. on the pitch? I mean, he learned from Pep Guardiola, so he's probably doing the same thing. But you get up a goal, JJ. Park it. Nothing wrong with putting eleven behind the ball and getting three points. Park lads. it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we talked last week. The defense, man. It's the, the defense is uh, – oh, no. we, we got to step it up. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Town lost, though. You're still all right. You uh, just got to jump Lutentown. Yeah. Uh, you'll be able to beat Glutentown. Hey, so. <laughs> Everybody knows Glutentown can't do anything late in the season. Yeah. And you guys are a closing horse. You're a finishing horse. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. How was Utah, guys? How was Utah? Was Utah good? Better than Burnley is on the soccer field. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I yeah. know that. Yeah. I know that. Uh, no, I'm joking. Utah was uh, awesome. We just talked to the hockey commission. Did you see that? I saw that. I saw that. I mean, I, I was preparing. I was looking over my notes for my interview, so I didn't get to listen too much. What do we got? What's the best piece of insight out of there? I'm sure you were yeah. looking over your notes, and I appreciate you preparing so heavily. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Note pro. section. A pro. I mean, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Okay. Um. What did we learn? Hey, Gary Bettman's kind of a dog, dude. Yeah, he's a bit. Kind of a, the commissioner's kind of a dog. He's the first and only commissioner of the NHL. Obviously, in 2004, they had like their lowest moment. Now they're at like their highest moment. It's uh, it's quite a build. I'm first and only commissioner of the NHL. What happened before him? Everybody's just kind of running rough shot. That's why, like, the Red Wings were winning games and stuff like yeah. that back then. Whoa. That's why. They're still oh, that's winning. That's why? That's why? That's why, yeah. That's why. It's the only reason why. And 93 came, yeah. and all of a sudden, the Red Wings were running. Stevie Eisenman, Osgood, Mike Vernon. Oh. I mean, what a, what a team. Fedorov. Those guys were awesome. Thank Once. you, JJ. Dogs. Yes. Just shut Those up. days are long gone. And they actually started winning when Gary was commissioner. So that's how that goes. No, we went back to back just a couple years after. <laughs> yeah. he, he, like, you don't even know what you're talking about, right? You weren't even alive. Jeez. You weren't even alive. So shut up, young buck. I got it, Pat. Actually, this, this brings up a good point. I was having a conversation with my wife about this the other day, and I'm fascinated by this debate. We were talking best cities for where the stadiums are located, like all the stadiums together. And I was putting Pittsburgh up on that. Mount, I was like, right around the rivers, all three of them are like, you take that overhead shot with the rivers and the bridges. I mean, there can't be too many cities that have all the stadiums in that Philly badass location. Like Cleveland. That, right? Philly does Chicago. have that incredible setup where it's all one parking lot. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much yeah. for all of them. Yeah. In Cleveland, they're across the street from each other. And Cleveland's got that Jack's Casino. That's Cincy's very right giving. next to each other. Yep. What's that, AJ? Since he's right next to each other, the Reds, who are unbelievable always, and the Bengals. On the river, too. Is Arizona the worst? Kansas right City. There. Arizona's so far away, That's right? I mean. Everything is like. Yeah. yeah. Arizona's out there. It's 45 minutes away from everything. New York's Hey, your Diamondbacks also. What are we doing? They suck. It was a rough game last night. It was a rough game last night. There's plenty of time. Jeez. Oh, wow. Don't have plenty of time. Got nine more innings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go tonight. Yeah. Lost twice at yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. You don't need more than nine. It's nine. Just go, go out there. Play <laughs> AQ. AQ. AQ, give us the scouting report. You've been a fan for all of Come 17 on, minutes. Yeah, tell, us, tell us, AQ. Go ahead. Yeah, so SeaWorld, uh, <laughs> he blew the save game one. That was it. No, SeaWorld, our guy? That's what our, guy. Over? our guy, SeaWorld. What about Hinky? Was that- it... I saw poor umping, which we're, we're seeing well, yeah, a little always. bit poor officiating in the NFL also, but poor umping. Is there ump issues? Uh, I think the box is the box, however it is, yeah. but I do believe the MLB, especially, and this ties back in good, the NHL is going like this. I think the NBA is doing the same thing. They go like in, and then the MLB ended up with, you know, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, which 
I saw George Bush go out there and skip one in at his age. Mm -hmm. The way he was walking. Look, had a little Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Had a little Vince McMahon struck <laughs> yeah, going out to that it. entire thing. Yeah. And I know there's some, some explosion, but I don't know how many people are paying attention. Tonight, though, we're watching. Tonight, That's though, right. we're watching. Is there a game tonight? It's a big yes. one. This oh, is potentially yeah. a World Series winner. Okay. Anyways, let's get to football here, JJ, and we appreciate you joining us. You just talked about officiating. Let's talk about not only officiating, but like punishment. Mr. Warren of the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. who is on a rookie contract, did not get paid a lot of money. He's signing bonus not that large. He's getting fined like fifty thousand to the tune of like fifty grand for a multitude of hits that took place in the game. That both of them kind of ticky tack. Now, whenever you think about this type, there's one right there. Running back what? is getting fined for that hit right there. Go back to the beginning. Running back, boom, you'll miss it. Yep, that. Fine. Yeah, yeah, you will miss it. What? Anytime you got to watch the play ten times to figure out which person is getting fined, <laughs> I think you, I think you messed up. All right. Like I posted that on on Twitter and everybody was like. Uh, which player is it? Which which one am I supposed to be looking at? Like if we're if we're having to do that, maybe we shouldn't be taking the guy's entire paycheck. I mean, he's playing for free. He's literally going out there and playing for free two weeks in a row. So there was. What do you want him to do? It's a three hundred pound man. Well, so there was another hit in that game as well where he was running down the sideline and he lowers his head and he hits his helmet off the shoulder pad. So I think it's the NFL saying like, we need you not to be ducking your head like that. But nonetheless, checks and balances with officiating and everything that's kind of tying in. Where do you think we stand as an – yep, yep. Where do you think we stand as an NFL, and how do you kind of fix it all, JJ? And how many times are you – I mean, I got, I got takes. I got takes here. Um, so, okay, we want to talk about that. We, talk, we just showed the play. You saw that play. If that's considered lowering your head and dangerous, like, okay, that, that's what we want to talk about. Let's talk about cup blocks. Let's talk about a tight end coming across the formation, throwing his head at the knee <laughs> of a player, trying to wipe out his player. Perfectly legal, according to the rule book, you're allowed to just go wipe somebody's knee out and try and literally the goal of a cup block is to blow somebody's knee out, basically. And we're going to be okay with that. But we're going to take this guy's whole paycheck because he tried to block a 300-pounder and he tried to get lower and use his leverage. I mean, I, there's a lot of things that I, I you know, we wear these guardian caps in training camp because it's 10 times safer for concussions, but we don't wear them. And I don't know, like there's, that a lot of the, things going on that's like, are that we was doing it or are we doing it? JJ, AJ, you with me? JJ, yes, AJ's definitely with you. Did you see that second one there? <laughs> it's a physical yeah, finish here. Sorry. I, was, I was too hot. Yeah. Fine. Oh, okay. He's Fine. lowering his shoulder. He's trying to get an extra yard. Like, what? Is he just supposed to take the hit? Should he just take the hit? <laughs> is this football? Are we playing football or <laughs> not? What the hell? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Jeez. Like, are we, like, the, the discussions of flag football and, like, now we're getting in the Olympics, which is great. I love flag football. It's a great sport. But, like, we are literally headed towards that direction as a league. And, um, say it loud. I mean, if that's what you want to be, fine. Just just say it. But I, I don't I don't love this like middle ground we're in right now. I love the fact that if somebody had to grab JJ's flag, that thing's like right here. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That might be I an actual it. advantage. Yeah. Uh, in eyesight, not hundred percent sure. Yeah. But I do appreciate that you are alongside a lot of people that played football that are like what are we doing in the game? We actually just talked to Gary Bettman about fighting mm -hmm. in hockey and potentially them trying to lean it out. He didn't say he wanted to get rid of it, which was, I think, a big deal for NHL because a lot of people think health and safety, which we agree, being health and safety for players, we're obviously a pro-player show, and we would like everybody to be safe, but it's like sports are going to have things that are going to happen. Football is going to have things that are going to happen, and I think once the league acknowledges that, we would all be much better, but I think they assume they're just going to get sued by everybody if they don't make progressions. We got to figure out how to keep the game the game, though, JJ. We got to figure out how. How, how sweet is it that the NHL is just like 
yeah, no, we're cool with it. Just let it go. Just these guys are going to handle it and then they're going to go and that's going to be over. Like that's kind of badass. Just let them do it. Super badass. And they said, we don't mind the spontaneity fights. Yeah. Okay. But we can't just have the stage choreographed mm-hmm. yeah. goons coming out, <laughs> goons coming out. We don't want that. But if it's spontaneity, yeah. it's cool. And in the NFL, it's like some of these hits, they're flying real quick, and then we're punishing people. It's like, what do you want people to do, and why do you want to change the game so much from what people love to watch? Like, it's just the it's fines. A- the fines are really upsetting me, also, because you get like, like there's certain those two. Obviously, he didn't get penalized in the game, and he gets a fine later, and he's got a full game check taken away. And then you have to go through this appeals process and hope they give you half of it back. And like, it's it's a that's its whole own conversation. But now we're talking like there's these unsportsmanlike conducts or like, you know, TJ takes his helmet off in that one game and he gets a penalty and then also gets a fine. Like at some point, the penalty hurting your team is the problem. We don't need to also go back. I think there's been more than like nine or ten million dollars in fines this year. Like it is mind boggling how much we're taking away from these guys. And where's it going? Huh? Can I pick where it goes? Charity. Nope. What's charity? Yeah, charity, AJ. <laughs> exactly. who, who, who writes it off? Who writes it off? AJ, have you ever gotten to write off a fine? No, I haven't. Nope. Somebody gives it to charity and writes it off. I've never gotten to write it off. What charity? Do you? Exactly. Hmm. What is the... I believe it's the United Way. I is believe. it? Do you know that? Oh, That's the first I time I, I'm hearing that. I, no, I can't, I can't prove it. I can't prove it. I don't know. Well, shout out to United Way. I'm, I'm all about what they're doing, but I, that's the yeah, first time I'm hearing that. But I don't know. That. But no, I, the money comes out of my check, and it's gone. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it went. I just know I don't have it. I got fined for a lot of tweets, and I don't know where that money went. And I was very wondering, you know, like, well. You got you, fined for tweets in the league? Like, to the tune of, like, 75000 bucks, bud. Not just, from your team, though. Not the league, right? From your team. Yeah, yeah. Not from the league. From the team. From the team. Oh, all right. Oh, that's yeah. a different. That's a different. Yeah, it certainly. Yeah, was. I don't know where the team finds go. I have no idea where those go. Yeah, I'm sure it went somewhere really good with the guy that decided. What was your worst yeah. tweet? We know what was your worst tweet? They're all still up. Just know that. that yeah. Not, what was? I'll, I'll go look. The worst what, one, the I one like? that made me decide to retire and say this league's not for me anymore. I was standing in the equipment room uh, during like the Thanksgiving break, where you know. It's a pretty dry time around, but everybody's in there. And I'm holding an electrical box outlet like this, and I'm acting as if I'm cutting a promo like um, Mr. Anderson from the WWE. And I actually just put a tweet out that was like, I'm just waiting for the WWE to call me. And I put a promo out. And I was just bored in the middle of the day and just put it out. One of the equipment managers, a guy who's been with the coach for like 30 years, is the one that took the picture. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, all right, let's, I'm hanging out with the equipment room. I put it out. Then I got fined like 10 days later, like, uh, could have been a whole game check, I was told, because this was multiple times that I've done conduct detrimental to the team. Oh. And it was like, okay, all right. And uh, That's, I'm yeah. done. Yeah, you don't say. Yeah, it was actually, it was my profile photo for a very long time because it was the reason why I decided to finally retire. I'm like, to hell with this guy and this place. Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. But then I met Dave Chappelle and it was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to take a picture with Dave Chappelle. I'm going to put that up mm-hmm. as my profile photo. But yeah, fines around the league are something that need to be talked about more because it feels like there's only one side being heard. And then where's it going? I guess the United Way. Anyways, it should be, I, it I, should be some type of scale too. Like, like Jalen Warren, you know, obviously if, if he's making, you know, $15 million a year, you should get fined at a certain point. You're making league minimum or six or 7,000, like 700,000, you should get fined on a different scale for 
like some guys get fined in preseason. Like Quan Alexander, I think he got like a twenty oh, yeah. twenty something thousand dollar yep. fine in preseason. Yeah. We're not making anything in preseason. We just Googled uh, in preseason. We actually lost money playing in Canada because of taxes. <laughs> Don't even imagine if you got fined up there as well. The fines collected are donated to Professional Athletes Foundation to support legends in need, and the NFL Foundation to further support the health, safety, and wellness of athletes across all levels, including youth football in the communities that support the game. All right, sweet. I'd like to see what a lot of money's come from that, so I hope we're really kicking ass yeah. in this support. Uh, Here they are. Why don't D-Butt, you- to, your, to your point, D-Butt, that's part of the reason that like, I, I am choosing to talk about it, especially in like a Jalen Warren situation, because he's, he's a young guy, obviously not making a ton of money. And, like, he, something like that happens where that's, that, in my opinion, is a ridiculous fine. Yeah. If he speaks out about it or if he says something in the media, that – has a chance to affect him and his career and also may not get the same, you know, pickup. Mm -hmm. I I feel like you need older guys. You need people that have been through it before to talk about it. So then hopefully, I mean, obviously this isn't like, this is massive first world problems where guys making a ton of money getting fined. But like, I still, I I do think it's ridiculous. Do you know how much money I got fined for one of those tweets? I thought it should have been a federal crime. This guy stole from me. This is grand (laughs) theft. Getting stole, stolen from it was like a thirty thousand dollar fine for a tweet. I'm like, this is a federal. Cr- this guy is stealing from. Me. This is how much my parents made combined mm-hmm. growing up, and I'm getting crazy. this for. And whenever you, Dude, lose- you got thirty thousand from your own team. That's that's nuts. crazy, buddy. Come you start, start adding it up. Time. Yeah, yeah, this isn't just one. I mean, obviously, I was a multiple offender, but it was just like. Oh. Bud, yeah, I'm not deleting them either. That's stealing. Yeah, grand yeah, theft. Yeah. I wanted the guy to go to jail. I'm like, what is what the hell is going? We've moved past it though. Anyways, <laughs> AJ has a question for you. <coughs> JJ, going back to all the we all all the fines that are happening for people leading with their head or helmet to helmet contact. What's the answer? Like, how do we find the balance? We know there's 17 different helmets they can choose from that are super light and have zippers and not real chin straps and everything is all <laughs> space age now and has different rivets that claim it helps with concussions. Okay, why is there 15 different models then if one is better than the other? <laughs> but you can maybe enlighten us on that. But what do we do? What's the NFL supposed to do here? I mean, I think, I think that there's a massive difference in determining intent. Like, you watch those two plays from Jalen Warren. He was not intentionally doing anything. There are, there are plays where you're watching like, oh, that guy was literally trying to decapitate a human being. Like, yeah, we want to take those types of hits out of the game. We want to take the things where there is malicious intent, where somebody is trying to do, you know, harm outside of the realm of playing football. Those are the things that we need to find. Those are the things that we need to take out of the game. When we start doing these little fines for things that happen in the regular course of a game, that's frustrating. That's the same to me why we shouldn't be finding every single roughing the passer call because some of those roughing the passers are a little bang-bang thing that happens in the course of the play. And sure, we got we to gotta flag it, but we don't need to find it. I think there's a massive difference in intent versus just some of these regular plays. Who is that, Runyon, right, that runs that? Yeah. Go on. I don't know. I, it was like, I've gotten so many arguments over the years on a fine appeal call. It, yeah. it's, you just get into an argument and you feel – you're like, I can say anything in the world here and they're not changing their mind. Derek Brooks handles some of the appeals. Intent does not matter to them. I know Which that. intent should be a part of, like, I think the refs, which then leads into we need full-time refs so that they can have a better feel <laughs> of the game and what the intent is, like hockey has with yeah. their NHL mm-hmm. refs that are kind of a part of it all. That's a, Hey, we'll figure it out. This show – yeah, we'll we'll solve it. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom. 
this. Yes, we are. And it's also all of this might be why Raj won't come on our show. You know, right. the NHL commission. It could co- be part of it. it could yeah, be part it could of be part of the reason. I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to get canceled as an analyst here soon, where they're going to be like, "Hey, you're talking about stuff we do not want you to talk about." You know what I'm interested by is when we came to ESPN. Everybody, I think, assumed that we're going to be told what we can talk about, what we can't talk about. Because ESPN has a massive relationship with the NFL, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, massive. Now, granted, we're paying multiple millions of dollars to the NFL as well through NFL Films so we can run highlights on social media as opposed to just on our show. So we have a relationship with it as well. But, like, there's been things in the past where networks, I think, have been scared to say anything because they don't want to affect future relations. We're just trying to make game better. They know that. That's all. You know what I mean? They, we know, and ESPN has said nothing to us about anything. So I appreciate hey, you know what's, Shout yeah. out to ESPN. Yeah, yeah clap out. Shout out. Shout out. Honestly. You know what's fascinating? You know what's fascinating about that? When I signed on with CBS, one of the first questions, I guess you're, you being a former player, you have a similar thing that I do. One of the first questions I asked was, all right, are there like topics that they give us that we're not allowed to talk about? Or is there like we're not allowed to say things? And they were like, no, it's. You, you can say whatever. And so I was like, I just assumed that there was like a list of blacklisted topics that you can't speak about. Listen, we're not talking about Roger Goodell's history of punishing players. No, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing all this stuff. It's like for us thus far, it has been everything that they said it was going to be like, go ahead. I think it's potentially agents telling Ooh. people that go on TV what they're supposed to say, what they're not supposed to say. Let's stay away from this as opposed to the networks. I think the networks have gotten blamed for a long time. I don't believe it's necessarily the networks, but it might be the Although, telling the agent. Didn't your feed cut out at a certain time yesterday? Didn't your feed With cut out at like a very news. specific One moment provider. Yesterday? That's fake news. Don't listen to everything ML Football says on the internet. You can't do that. That was only one provider, but Aaron did text me. He was like, Heard we got cut off. They cut me off. <laughs> yeah. Heard we got cut off. What's that about? Heard we got cut off. Like, they censored me. Big brother. 1984. What's going on, guys? <laughs> they scared the four-time MVP hippie guy yeah. saying some Oh, must have hit too close to home. Oh, <laughs> that was how I was like, we've been told that it was only one provider, and we don't know if it was one Connor Stallion's rogue agent. Could have been. <laughs> yeah, could have been. Had that Ooh. provider, you know, kind of hitting it, or if it was oh. just technical difficulties at the exact same time. But it was not ESPN, from what I've been no. told. Let's move along. Connor has a question right. for you, JJ. Yeah, right. JJ, great Michael Scott. Barn shirt. That's a uh, that's a classic. Thank uh, you. Also, Brett Level Midnight. Yeah, Brett course. Level Midnight. Fantastic film. I mean, that's just the office to a T right there. Goldface. Man, what today. a good show. That show's really good. Yeah, you so love good. it. Tell you us were about saying it, that Pat. yesterday. Yeah. Bro, tell like Baumgartner. Uh, yeah, you're Kevin Malone. He's yeah. so good on it. Yes. Every time I see him on cameo, I'm like, this reminds me of the guy from The Office, mm-hmm. yeah. and I love him in that. You know? Right. Oh, yeah. And then that guy who's just like Dwight. Dwight. <laughs> Dwight, yeah. Dwight. What a character. Zany. He really. He really mixes up. Jim, when he looks at the camera. Uh-huh. Classic. The best. Oh, my God. That's Creed. great. And then he's in love with the uh, – Pam. Pam. Yeah. She is so good at the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, well, but not everyone loves Pam. Really? Yeah. Well, later Does years. everybody love Bumgarner? Yes. Yes. Okay. Everyone loves Kevin yes. Malone. Universal. I don't know if I love Bumgarner. Whoa! Whoa. I couldn't imagine why. I can't wait to hear about Well, that's probably because – what I've said about how Baumgartner's <laughs> looked at me every time I've seen him in real life. The guy always side-eyes me, this Baumgartner guy. Really? Well, I think got, he senses got... that I've never watched an episode of The Office, although I am a big fan of what they did. I love that they were out there doing it. I, from what I've heard, it's amazing, and I will dive into it at some point. But I feel like he senses he always. He's always looking at me literally like this. Yeah. This literally... Got... Like it's actually- so do you encounter him a lot? Like, are you in restaurants together often, or how does this go? Once a year, the last couple of years, I've been <laughs> around this guy every single time. So, literally, literally doing that. Yeah. 
I've never had it, never experienced it before. I'm like, this guy's actually side eyeing me right now. It was very <laughs> evident at Tahoe this year. I am on 80 very milligrams evident. right now. Okay, yeah. we're at Lake Tahoe. This guy actually side eyeing me right now. Me. Am I punching this guy in the face? What is going on? <laughs> and that's every combo I've had with him. But hey, Kevin, you were great. Yep. Yeah. Kevin, you were absolutely great. Great shirt. Anyways, let's get back to it. Sorry about it, Connor. No, 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 please. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? If we can talk about The Office and Kevin Malone, what do we, who, why not? Such a good show. I mean, I put it right up there. Friends, well, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there. Rest was, in peace. Right, man. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I thought we were never going to do this again. All right. Man. Moment of silence for him. Yep. yep. Moment passed. I wish I knew more about him, but everybody loved that guy. Yes, yeah. yes they That's did. That's what I learned over the last couple of days. For sure. Rest in peace. Anyways. Connor, to you. Transition out of this. Here you go. Please, Good luck, we had bud. a moment of silence Yeah, for a very yeah. beloved guy. That was very nice. Uh, just to kind of stay in the same vein, there was a guy that was killing people on uh, Sunday against the Panthers with the Good transition. Texans. Professional. Uh, I believe his name is uh, John Greenard. Might be Greenard. Not exactly sure. Is this guy out of nowhere? I mean, everyone's focused on Will Anderson. Is Johnny Greenard the new face of that Texans D-line or what, J.J.? First off, it's Jonathan Grenard. No! Uh, but I damn it! No! You were so close. You were so close. Can't trust that. Gosh. Translate said Greenard. Um, well, it's spelled. But he, uh, he had a great game. Two and a half sacks. Um, he's been playing really, really good football. I mean, here, just go ahead. Just knock the guy straight on his ass right into a sack. I mean, what a great feeling that is. And uh, But the thing I'll say about Jonathan Grenard, he's a great guy. He was there down there when I was playing. And uh, just continues to get better, continues to work. And he just had he just had a baby a couple weeks ago. And the thing that I've learned about dad strength is you turn into a monster on the field because there's a new sense of purpose. There's a new sense of and he turned into a monster. He's got two and a half sacks this past game alone, and he's just throwing grown men to the ground. So shout out John Grenard. I love giving shine to guys that don't necessarily always get it. And we're giving it to John Grenard today. Yeah, especially for the Houston Texans. It's going to mean a lot coming from you. That celebration right there tells me Ooh. maybe he's a Q. I'm not 100% sure. Ooh, uh, that, that is correct. I believe his rookie show, uh, he did the, the Q-Dog dance. It was pretty pretty bad. Very uh, always sweet. Pretty, pretty, very, pretty cool. Very, very cool. cool. <laughs> very cool. And also, uh, hey. you, don't, you don't know how many Qs are in the room until – Rookie yep. stands up in the front and starts doing it, and it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> in the back. It's like, oh, coaches. Yeah, you see an assistant coach for the running backs just, like, sitting back there, yeah. and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, like, it is awesome. It's always electrifying. I have no That's idea what's true. coming, but it's like, all right. That and the haka. Somebody does, does the haka yes. for the rookie dance. That shit is going to hit, man. How about they did one in Utah this past Yeah, yeah. start the show. Yeah. It was fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Shout out to Grenard, you pig. Grenard. Yeah. No, I, sorry. Look, I, I, AIs are telling me what to say, and Grenard is <laughs> what okay. it told me. This is ESPN telling you the wrong stuff. We just talked about ESPN not telling you. D-Bud has a question for you, JJ. We're staying at AFC South. Somebody else who I think doesn't get enough shine, absolute dog, Jeffrey Simmons in those sweet throwbacks had another dominant afternoon. Uh, what, what, what should we know about him that uh, most casuals don't? I mean... True NFL fans have known it for a long time. He's consistent. He's great. Yep. He does it every single year. He's a very, very good player. Casuals, I don't know, fully understand and appreciate what Jeffrey Simmons has been doing for years in Tennessee. Um, and, yes, the uniforms looked spectacular. Oh, so I good. Mean, Best on. in the league. Gorgeous. Come on. I see that jacket. Um, but, I mean, this guy just oh. makes plays, man. He's, he's dominant. He plays the run. He does. He's in the pass game. He's got a double swipe here. Comes around. Just doink. Doink, get the ball out. Mm. 
I mean, just the guy's a great player. He deserves more shine than he gets. And uh, he's, he's a guy that's been doing it for a long time, very consistently. Just a solid, solid player. I was watching Inside the NFL last night on the CW. Oh, yeah. really? Found it. Was Double. watching it. Nice. Jeffrey Simmons was mic'd up. And he was doing a lot of, like, I told you guys in training camp about Will Levis. Yep. Like, he was talking up a lot yeah. about what he saw mm. from his arm and what he was able to do. Seems like Will Levis is one over... I mean, I feel like you went over Jeffrey Simmons. You probably won over the entire yep. defense, at least maybe the whole roster. But in the mic'd up that I saw, he's very much like, yup, we got a guy. And then we asked Coach Vrabel out of Tahoe after Baumgartner <laughs> side-eyed me. We asked Vrabel if he thought he could beat up every coach in the NFL. And he scoffed at us with two cigarettes in his mouth and uh, an entire dip of uh, entire tin of Zin and Cope, I uh-huh. think, at the same time with a vape in between the two cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Kind of scoffed at that. And I said, you think you can still beat up players? And he said, yeah. I said, you can beat up any players on your team. He said, everybody but Jeffrey Simmons is what he said, pretty much. So I think he's got the respect of everybody, J.J., old Jeffrey. So, Brable's coach competition, I mean, it's got to be MC? Salah, D'Amico Ryans, MC. MC. Staley. There's, that would be a great, like, four-way cage battle, <laughs> man. Takedown, yeah. McDaniel. Yeah, but you got to think about Bill Belichick. McDaniel. Exactly. Belichick coming in there, I think, late, scrappy, gnawing and Achilles. Yeah, hungry Andy Reid after he had a cheeseburger hey, uh, that day. We were, uh, we were practicing at the Greenbrier one year. We were doing our training camp at the Greenbrier, and the Patriots were coming in for a joint practice with us, and I went in the weight room one morning to do my workout. And Belichick was in the squat rack, man. Yep. It was fucking sweet. Uh, uh, damn it. JJ, Are we still live? Damn it. That's too oh. much show. No, I, I didn't go through. Yes, damn, damn, that, 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 was, that was I said it quiet. I said it quiet. I said it really quiet. Don't matter. Yeah, we heard it. It was your outside voice, JJ. But to be clear, right situation to use it. You yeah. should build Belichick squat. <laughs> that's Fair. something that certainly can maybe get you past a filter or two. But yeah, we saw that photo of him squatting. It's actually on a t-shirt now at this point, yeah. I think. Because yeah, it was... The Eagles. He had actually two big... I don't know if there are 45s, but maybe like 25s on either side. Yep, 45s. 315 on there, I think. Didn't he have 315? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had 25s on the end, but then he had three 45 plates inside of those 25 plates. All right. I mean, if that's how we're going to... Bill does not like that we're lying about this. We're not, we're not, we're not lying. lying. That's how I remember it's it. The picture I saw. Yeah. JJ, you were there. 315? 315? With no, ease, brother. I, I don't, are we talking about the same photo? I don't think I, I, don't think I took maybe. a photo of it. Wait, Did I take a photo of it? He squats every day, so. Well, if you took oh, a photo yeah, of it, no, we owe you some money because the shirts no, did well. Didn't. Yeah, they did. Shirts did really well because much like you, really? anytime you see him on a squat rack, you go, well, that's absurd. Yeah. I'd like to see that again. Mm-hmm. And then you buy the shirt. And then... Are you guys still getting in the squat rack? Yeah. Every day. Are you, are you still getting in there? Yeah. Yeah. Diggs has not been under a bar yeah. in a decade. Um, That's a lot. Who's squatting there the most is. out of this group? Oh, oh, look at this. Who said 315? Who said 315? I saw a different one. I saw a different one. He was doing maybe 375. Just, just real quick, you go back. Exactly what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what I said about this photo from how many years ago? Was that whole thing? I believe that was th- Two years ago, Sirianni's first year as head coach. Hey, Bill, I have respect for you, pal. I'm not gassing you up and lying about you. Your resume's already good enough. I'm like, not. these guys are lying He's about it. warming everything. up. I'm not He's lying. warming up. Obviously. I'm not lying. There's other stories, too. Pounds. There's other stories. What are you the, saying, AK? That was 95 that was his, He's 90 yeah. years old. Hey, what are you he's hey. lifting the hey, same years he's been on earth. Yeah, you're skinny now. Shut up. Yeah, you're scrawny. He's squatting hey, yesterday. Hey, what are you squatting today? Did we he? put you under the rack. He squatted right? yesterday. Squatting. Oh, hey, what you squatting? I, can, I can still do well over 400. What did you do yesterday, though? 
Wow. I did uh, two seventy five for three sets of fifteen yesterday. Wuss. We're just taking his word. <laughs> Yeah, I don't agree. It's a shipyard. A lot of lies happen. They don't flush the toilets. There's been pissing Hammers for two there. weeks. I can pull it up. Uh, yeah. But we did lunges this morning. This could be my new thing. I've heard this is the real cheat code to keeping yourself in shape. I'm not gonna be able to stand up from the dumper later. I don't know. You, you lunges still- suck, dude. Suck. Gosh, are they the worst? Are you still squatting? Yeah. They're- yeah. No, I squat. I do lunges. Single leg, reverse, like a reverse single leg, man. Oh, yeah. Anything single leg has got to be the best, but also. Like, just the, the thing work. you hate to do the most. The yeah. Bulgarian split squats? Mm-hmm. Best. Yes. Bulgaria, man. Yeah, the Soviet, the Soviet no, ones. No, yeah, the, 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 the Soviet shuffle? Elevated. Is that what you're talking about? No. You're talking about the Soviet Turkish lift? get-ups with the kettlebells, oh, the core. Too much. Oh, Turkish get-ups, yeah. Yeah, AJ, AJ, how many years have you been retired, AJ? I don't know. Six, seven now? I don't know. So AJ still every morning does, like, no. team lift. 530. This is the person whose answer I wanted. Like, what, what's your squat right now, AJ? That all depends on how much cartilage I feel like I have in my right <laughs> knee. But, uh, you know, it's different. I mean, I'll do just, like, basic 315 for six or something, do five or six sets. But then yeah, if basic. I feel good, I can put more weight. Five or six sets? I'll do 315 yeah. 30 times at 530. Yeah, years after All depends on how you feel. You know, knees, knees don't – lunges lunges are not in my repertoire at the moment. I, I fall down if I try to do a lunge with no weight. So Yeah, yeah they were tough. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm going to stick with them. But the internet's been telling me they are the cheat code. <laughs> I tried them this morning. I don't know if they're going to carry into tomorrow because I'm going to be very sore. How long are you going to do this uh, – you know, this whole I'm still a player lift thing, JJ. I do not know. I, I'm very I'm, – I'm in a very interesting place trying to figure it all out. Like, I can't let it go, um, but I know that at some point for my long-term health, it's better to switch up the styles. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really can't figure it out. I, I honestly don't know exactly how I should be proceeding with my workouts because I – every time after I do a big, good lift, I feel great. Like, it, it makes me feel like, a, yeah, like I'm actually doing something, so I can't let it go. And then the next day, you're like, why did I – so there's no reason. You're, you're so right. I mean, when you, go to the, when you go to the bathroom, that's when you know, like, yesterday's workout was a really good workout because I can't stand up for the shit. Well, I love the fact that you're still 20% lift, 15% grit, 40% hunting, power. And, yeah. Do you hate that scene? You got it. You got it. You got it. You, you know, you got it. I don't know the words as well as you. Did you hate that scene? Did you hate that scene? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, like, I definitely, there's, I mean, anybody that tells you you don't have regrets in life is probably lying. And, uh, there's things, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's things I'd do differently. Yeah. <laughs> not, I won't bullshit. Yeah, but I will say, a lot of us said, look at that machine. Guy, holy God, hell. That a machine. Uh, AQ has a question for you about another machine. JJ, so Nick Bosa only has two sacks this year, but he's got, like, 45 pressures, right? So everybody's saying he's having a down year, but can you talk about the difference between pressures and sacks and kind of which stat you think is more important? Uh, yeah, for, for most important, I will always go with sacks because it is a true end result of a play, and it's quantifiable to say, like, you know, this guy got home and did it. Now, there's definitely – I love to say any pass rusher will love to tell you they don't ask how you got them. They just ask how many. Um, you generally say that after – you're unblocked or the quarterback falls down and you get the sack because we'll take them however you can get them. Um, but pressures versus sacks, pressures are obviously massive because they can force interceptions. They can force a quarterback into bad decisions. Uh, there's all different things that they create. Um, but it is interesting to, to look at this 49ers defense and to know that they're not putting up the numbers 
um, that they normally put up with all those guys they have on that side of the ball. To be on a three-game losing streak with the offense and the defense that they have, um, it's certainly curious. And you go out there and you watch, and now they bring in Chase Young, obviously, and it's kind of one of those situations where you're like, don't they already have an embarrassment of riches at defensive line? Um, but they aren't getting home. So it's they come in bunches, and I would imagine once they start to get rolling, they're going to have Nick Bosa will rattle off a couple, two or three sack games, no problem. But I, I know how he feels right now. And when you're sitting there this deep into the season with only two and a half, you're itching to get there. You want, you want that one. And sometimes you start to reach a little bit because you know people are expecting it from you. So he's just got to keep playing his game. He's got to keep going out there and getting after it, and they will come. Yeah, we assume Bosa will figure it out whenever it's needed. Yeah. He's a big-time player for a reason. They paid him a contract for the reason. Still getting pressures. But, hey, let's get home. Speaking of getting home, Hey, Thibodeau, three times in the Jets-Giants MetLife Bowl. This guy obviously highly touted coming out of college. Was supposed to be the number one overall pick, but he liked to use words like Liddy. Yeah, and NFTs. And he he was, this guy's weird. (laughs) That's what was being said about him through the draft process, and we know the draft process brings a lot of bullshit, but for him, it was certainly louder, it felt like, than anybody else. He's now in a system with Wink where it seems like he's played his best ball this past weekend, biggest game he's had. What did you see from Kayvon Thibodeau? And what do you think the future is for this guy? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen it just like everybody else. You know, New York City is a place to play where people are going to scrutinize every single thing. And they've been waiting for this guy to go off from the beginning. Um, he's sitting there at eight and a half sacks on the year now. I mean, he's in the top three for sacks. Um, he's just He's playing good ball. He's getting after the quarterback. He's got some moves that are coming along. He's got some power. He's got some speed. Uh, they obviously have dogs on that defensive line. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is incredible. Um, and this, this is what they wanted to see from him. And if you can do this consistently in New York, you can turn into a superstar. And uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. He's, he's got that motor right there. That's a perfect example. He tried inside, didn't work. So he comes back outside, comes around, makes a play, and he knows it. Um, and then obviously at the end of the game, we all saw the situation with the offsides, and he posted the video, was it offsides? As a pass rusher, I feel that pain. I know that pain. So you're saying not offsides. He started leaning his upper body before his lower body started going, and he has it right down the line. And sorry about it. Sorry about it, he said. Man. Everybody's letting the yeah. offensive tackles do it. Yeah. Everybody's letting the offensive tackles do it. But a guy who has three sacks can't get his fourth. Why do you offensive linemen always have such an advantage? Why do the refs always try to screw the defensive ends, AQ? I don't see anything wrong with that play. I'll, I'll, I'll take his defense there. Nothing. Wow. wow. I'm That's never happened. Wow. That's big. Wow. Very mature you. Timed it up. That was perfect. Who is this guy? AJ, go ahead, pal. JJ, I, I th- I'm pretty sure they changed the rules on when you how you can hit a quarterback during your time when you were playing to where you couldn't land any weight on him. And, and it, when that happened, like how difficult was that to do? Because I feel like guys actually, they're very conscious of it now. You see them like bracing their arms. I mean, some guys I'm sure have hurt themselves trying to not land all of their weight on a quarterback or, or even a, a receiver or ball carrier. But how difficult is that to do in the moment? Yeah, it, it certainly is difficult to do. I will say if you're conscious of it, you're cognizant of it, and you know what they're looking for, you can be very successful at it, and you can actually earn yourself the opportunity to hit him more and get a little more leniency if you know exactly what they're looking for. It's something that I, as I was learning those rules, um, started to figure out, okay, is it one step? Is it two steps? It's actually like one and a half to one and three quarters if you do it properly. If you hit him, 
and you roll off or if you hit them and you clearly put your arms out to brace yourself, the ref is going to give you a whole lot more leniency than if you hit him with your shoulder and you kind of take him down to the ground. So you really have to learn how to do it. But one of the reasons I had so many quarterback hits in my career was I found where that line was. And then I was constantly pushing at that line, but not going over it. And uh, those hits affect quarterbacks. Like any quarterback will tell you, the more hits they take, it, you know, you start to think about it. It starts to get in your head a little bit. Um, so I always try to make sure that if I had the opportunity to, I lay those hits into them. And I, we would always talk in the D-line room. There'd be guys that lay up because they're like, I don't want to get the penalty. I don't. And I tell them, no, that was one where you could have gotten away with that hit. Um, anytime you get that shot, you got to take it. Yeah, I love the fact that both offensive linemen are trying to cheap shot you guys, and you guys are just trying to dance on the line. Hey, is this football? Is there a competitive edge? Potentially. But also mental warfare. If you're right at the feet of that quarterback every single time, that natural human thought at some point is like, wow, 99 is real close. Mm -hmm. 99 is real close. So if there's a play where you got them single blocked, it's like, all right, all of a sudden things are a little bit quicker. Not only are you winning the physical battle, you're winning the mental one. JJ, I like that about you. Nobody talks about how smart that big head is. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot of air up there, plenty of space. Well, you need to take all that air and put it towards Burnley. Not playing mm -hmm, yeah. great. But a team that showed up for the first time, long time. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, JJ, we're just a couple weeks removed now from people saying, like, hey, the Broncos are hammered dog shit. They suck. They gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. They need to fire Vance Joseph right away. Granted, Patrick Mahomes was very, very sick on oh, Sunday. On. He was. Uh, he had he was. flu. Oh, he was. IVs. And IVs. That's what they're saying. But they, uh, the Broncos made him look terrible. Uh, what has been kind of the key to their resurgence? Do you think that was more a product of them just being in the division and knowing how to play him? Or is that something that's going to kind of carry them through the rest of the season here? I think you look at it as a trend. I mean, obviously, it was four weeks ago now that they gave up 70 to the Dolphins, and everybody wants Vance Joseph and the whole defensive staff gone, and um, everybody's asking, you know, what's wrong. But if you look at the last three weeks, I, I believe they haven't given up more than 20 points the last three weeks, and then they obviously hold one of the best offenses in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes um, to save for a victory there. So I think there's a part of it that certainly is – the team figuring it out. I mean, they have a new head coach in Sean Payton. They have a new D coordinator in Vance Joseph. You do need time to understand the systems, to build the culture, to do the things that you want to do. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't happen that fast. So these guys are now starting to fly around. They're starting to play a little better. They're starting to force these takeaways. Um, they're putting these guys in tough situations. So I think there's certainly a part of it that is just, it takes time to figure it out and for you to implement your system. And so it'll be interesting to see going forward if this defense continues to get better and better every single week. And I think I'm a guy that if everybody wants to crush a coach or a unit early in the year like they did, and rightfully so after a 70-point, somebody's hanging 70 on you. Yeah, you're going to take a little criticism. Uh, yeah. But when they turn around, you got to also give them their credit there. Patrick Mahomes uh, did have IVs he did. Mm -hmm. all night. You know, he was sick, just like Matt Hasselbeck against the Houston Texans back in the day. And as we wrap up this beautiful time here on this glorious Trenches Commissioner Wednesday on JSPN Journalism Sports Network, we'd like to say thank you to J.J. for taking time out of his life yeah. to join us every week. J.J., you got about 10 seconds here. Would you like to say anything to the JSPN crowd as we uh, end, our, end our second hour here? Burnley's going to have a big day today. Win coming. Tune in. ESPN Plus. That was four seconds. See, that's the thing. Ten seconds is a lot longer mm -hmm. than yep. you actually think that first is. year in. That is. Yeah, it is. Still, right. got, still got time. Still got another one. AJ Hawk, very strong.
All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs> Nailed it. Hey, Hell you did great, yeah. JJ. That was really good TV out of you. That was really good TV. Unbelievable. Yeah. The people at ESPN just got to love it. Yeah. Yesterday, we're in full costumes. Hey, your costume was awesome last night with the it fam. Great. You look great. Thank you. Yours was. Willy Wonka, I mean, the Oompa Loompas, man, that was great. Yeah, the wife put it all together, obviously. Great. She's the big brain behind yeah. it. I assume same thing for you? Same here, absolutely. I came home to a 3XL Incredibles outfit, and she was like, here you go. This is what you're wearing. All right. Sounds good. Hey, you look superhuman. Are you going to get back into the movies? And you know, we need more action stars, don't Ooh, we? Yeah, we do. We need yeah. more action oh, stars. Yeah. Never, you never have enough action movies. Um, What's your I, problem? I mean, That's certain, true. The hell What's that? your problem? Dude. No, they make like a billion dollars. Yeah, I, I, I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, Marvel, you guys need somebody? I'm right here. Thanks. Literally do. sitting right through. here. Right now, because they got a strike. Nobody's available. They still on strike? Who's on strike? Writers or actors now? Writers figured it out. Yeah. yeah actors. Good. Yeah. Now it's actors. Hmm. I'll step in. I'll break the line. I'll be that guy. Scab! Wow. <laughs> Scab! I did that SP. You, you guys need somebody? I'll be the replacements. I'll be, I'll be Shane Falco. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> And Nigel, I'll be your Nigel there if you need me in there. You know what I mean? You need me to kick and smoke cigs mm-hmm. in any of your movies you do. I would definitely get out there. Um, when I did a great the great costume for you. Yeah, it would be. Just and I have potentially did it before. You know, a lot of comparisons to that guy. I never smoked cigs, though. Not really my thing. Uh, Missing ni- out. Nicotine's not my. Oh, not your bag? Not my MO. It makes me sick every single yeah, time. Especially those cigs. When I did the ESPYs, though, they were calling me a scab for writing and doing mm-hmm. the whole thing. Really? You know, because that was uh, happening. But did you write your own? Who's they? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not trying to. You do know the fucking answer. Yeah, you sound like a mark. What do you think this is? He's saying, yes, of course, he wrote his own situation. Yeah, well, then why would you, why would somebody get mad at you? Because I wrote, I wrote in my head what I was going to say out there. Now, did get a couple lines from a human who's one of the funniest of all time in Tom Segura. (laughs) So it was a compilation. It was a compilation writing together. But yeah, I was called a scab and they attacked me. That was a long time ago. They're still not doing stuff? Uh -uh. Yeah, that was this year. Holy shit. The writers are, yeah, just not the actors. Actors are striking. What do you got the rest of the day? You on CBS this weekend or no? No, I am. uh, My parents just got here because my wife and I are flying to Pittsburgh. We are going to go to the Steelers game tomorrow night. Thursday. Yeah, Yeah, tomorrow night. Are you... Oh, mama, I'm in fear. I'm excited to see it, man. Yeah? I'm looking forward to it. I I, I was having a conversation with my brother. What do you guys think? Do you... Am I, do I wear Steelers gear to this game? Or do Hell I not yeah. yeah. Well, you I, T- I feel like I do, right? Yeah, you wear a TJ White but, jersey yeah. with a long sleeve underneath. No, no, maybe terrible towel not, hanging out of back pocket. Mm-hmm. Have boots on. I do want to wave a towel. I want to wave a towel. Could split with Derek, to too. It's not just a what towel. kind of towel? It's not just a towel. JJ. The terrible towel. Not a little yellow towel. Coach Cower and I had a – Coach Cower was fired up about it. And I kept trying to talk him down. I kept trying to be like, hey – Watch the video. He didn't say it in a disrespectful way. He's like, I don't care. I don't care. He I said do. the words. He said little yellow towel. I do not want to watch the video. I am very content being <laughs> oh, mad at You Pittsburgh people after I watched that video are so dramatic. It is unbelievable. <laughs> it was the most harmless thing you could ever say. Hey, sorry. You guys We're busy so working. We don't have time to watch a full fucking press conference. Your head coach is on TV every week crying, Fox. Well, you guys are crying about a towel. He's crying about his players. You guys are crying about a towel. You guys aren't working. You're crying about a towel. Terrible towel. That was unbelievable. Then they went there and backed it up. Yeah, then he played Pittsburgh football. Mm-hmm. Yep. Against Pittsburgh. 
Yeah. In Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In front of Pittsburghers. Mm -hmm. And then left. That was tough. You need to. Are you going to talk to the team? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. What if you went out there and were like, all right, tonight, boys, you know what it is. 10% 10% luck. 20% scale. <laughs> what a move. Guys, we have we have a relative of somebody on the team that would like to speak. Team, team only meeting. Bob Weird. Listen up. Listen. Hey, they had Debo uh, twirl the towel, I believe is what's twirl the terrible towel. Is that he's doing the twirl before the game? Wave. Twirl. Wave the twirl. I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I saw it happen. I'm like, this is a good idea. Okay, I like Just this. a tank. A tank of a human being, man. I mean, just a freaking. He's gotten bigger and stronger, more Debo-like since oh, yeah. retiring yeah. than whenever he yeah. was in there. And he went, hey, his, yeah. let's fucking go. Yeah, he would have done something. When are you, are you going to do that? Are you doing the terrible towel wave for the t- No, 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 I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> I, I have no, like, correlation. I have no relationship to the team besides, besides the fact that my brother plays. I mean, I, I love The best player on the team. Brothers. Yeah. I, I, wish, I wish I had more time because he has said I can come to practice. I, I want to sit in his meetings. I want to see what it's like. I mean, he seems like an incredible coach. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, yeah. No, James Harrison, I have to say, he's, he's, my brother tells, me, tells this story. My brother has a severe tree nut allergy. Um, and they were at a team dinner one time and Peanut? he had a nut allergy. Yeah, no, tree nuts, tree like nut. tree. Yeah. Like, like acorns, uh, pine? Like almonds, like almonds, like uh, pine nuts, yeah. Really? And at dinner, like somehow something got into his food and he had an allergic reaction. Mm. James Harrison put him in his car, took him to the hospital and sat with him at the hospital the whole night until he was good to go. And then the next day and got him home and everything, so. I, awesome. I'm a big James Harrison fan from whatever happens from here out. I love the guy. Hey, thank you, Debo. Yeah, cool. Pittsburgh yeah. is very happy for Debo, not only what he did on the field, how he represented himself, but also saving DJ Watt's life. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> tree nut allergy. I don't think I've ever heard that. Like, that's uh, the nut allergies are a big oh, deal. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's really, really scary, man. We were in Rome one time. We did a, uh, my brothers and I, we did a little European vacation, just the three of us. And we went, we're, we're idiots. Uh, Two two parts of the story. I'll show you how big of morons we are. So we're going. We're at the Pantheon, which uh, we're we're going in. We're checking out the Pantheon, and we're standing in it. And TJ goes, "Hey, I've I've heard one of these buildings around here has a hole, a huge hole in the roof. I want to go see that one. Can we go see that one next?" And I literally just said, "Dude, just look above your head. It the Pantheon is the building with the giant hole in the roof. We were literally standing underneath the hole." Okay, classic, Jesus. where's my glasses, they're on your head type situation. Yeah. Love that. TJ Watt, great and tackling then, quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And then we went to lunch, and he knows he has a severe tree nut allergy, and I do also. None of us were aware of the fact that pesto is made purely of <laughs> tree nuts. Um, so he ordered a massive pesto pasta dish and literally stopped breathing at the table, and we had to get him to the Italian hospital. It was one of the scariest experiences of my entire life because they wouldn't let me go back with him either. So they took him back there when he literally wasn't breathing. And uh, for about 45 minutes to an hour, Derek and I had no idea if he was going was it, wasn't going to make it. This was probably 2014-ish, 2000. Yeah. Does he have to carry the scariest an shit, man. Yeah, but he, he won't do it. I'm like, dude, where is – and that was – eventually it got to that point where the doctors, they didn't speak English, he didn't speak Italian. So they kind of they, – they did like the motion, like EpiPen motion, like do you have one? And he was like, yes. And they said, use it. And so he just stabbed himself. TJ, stop Jeez. skimming your own pool. Yep. Yeah. 
and let's stop with the tree nuts, okay? Yeah. Football needs you, Pittsburgh needs you, and obviously the Watt family and friends need you. That's, That's wild. Very good, how many grazies? Yeah. How many grazies did we give out there? Grazie, grazie, grazie. Gra- oh yeah, love it, love it. It's the only word I know. Grazie, yeah. Please. Uh, what else? I don't know any other word. Miscusi, miscusi. Yeah. Ciao. Pizza. Oh, that, city is, that city is the coolest city in the world, man. Just to know that like these gladiators wow. 2,000 years ago were just literally fighting for their lives in there. No. Hell yeah. I believe Jesus got killed yeah. by somebody from there as well. Yeah. yeah. Pilot, yeah. yeah. He was a Roman. Double P. Yeah. Well, he's hired by not the Romans. Let's get to a break. Oh, we're going we're going deep here. Yeah. We, Old Testament. We, <laughs> that's what Dabo yeah, Sweeney really. said. Uh-huh. This guy went Old Testament on me. I went Old Testament back. I don't know what that means, but I appreciate the Dabo's <laughs> out there swinging. Last question for me, JJ. Obviously, as a Big Ten guy, Michigan's cheating. Can't take it anymore. You were, were you at Central Michigan? Uh, yeah, a long time ago I was. Oh, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You don't want to claim it. Okay, interesting. They're a part of this whole thing. Connor Stout. You glasses? You have glasses that record people? Do you have any of those? What's that all about, JJ? So I, uh, with blue dots on them, a little blue dot. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, so like when they first put out, I don't know, when ESPN, they put out that report, the very first report saying Michigan, uh, has a scout that went ahead and they're now being investigated. I, under that post, I wrote, yeah, that's called scouting. Everybody does it. Uh, to which many, many, many Michigan people were like, yeah, yeah. Many athletes were like, yeah, that's scouting. And I was, I was like, yeah, gosh, I'm so smart. I'd beat the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and now stuff's coming out and people are, people keep bringing that back up and sending me screenshots of it. And I'm like, yeah, there's a chance it might have been just a little bit more than, than just scouting. <laughs> yeah. Getting pretty interesting out here with fake goatees and sunglasses. And Jim McElwain obviously said, hey, I didn't even see it. I missed that. What did he say? I saw it, but I didn't get to watch it. What did he say? It's pretty, here, here's what he said. It's a quick video, but he pretty much was like, I don't know what happened out there. Here it is. Now, before we go any farther, uh, okay. we've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the shark thing. The, uh, Whoa. The oh. sign stealer guy. Avid fisherman. Um, you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Uh, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and, again, uh, it's in good hands. You know, there, there's there's no place in football that for mean? that. It's in good hands. We'll take our people. Hey, it's listen, good. I know these people. Do you know him? Thank you for it's me. in good hands. Listen, I don't know how Do I know him? ended up here. No, no. Does the coach know him? If the guy's in the sideline, I wonder if someone's like, hey, who's that guy? Over there? <laughs> the guy the guy who openly admitted that we have no idea how this guy ended up here said, but don't worry. It's in, it's in good hands. Yep. We didn't know he was there. We have no idea how he's sitting there. Full team uniform, full hat. He's got the issued gear and everything, but no idea. And then there's a moment where the ball goes on the sideline, and he's literally like the most non-comfortable. Excuse me. Almost tripped over himself. Head down, head down, head down, head down, head down. That's crazy. Hey, listen, you're a big guy. I need you to stand in front of me for most of this evening. Look, he's standing with his legs together, too, so he can hide behind. That's crazy. Like, it's like he's behind a tree or a telephone pole. I didn't know that. That might be the worst one right there. This clip right here, this might be the most so good. It's so good. All right. What is happening? We don't know, but it's only getting better. And Pete Thamel is going to be the one at the forefront of all of it. And we're very thankful for that. JJ, this ball goes in. You'll give 10 people $500. 
Retweet this post, say something nice to somebody, and JJ Watt could potentially give you five hundred dollars. Wow. You're the best, man. Thank you for this beautiful Wednesday. Good luck yeah, to your Burnley no team. Guys, hey, but we know where the money's going. At least ten people, five hundred dollars. All you gotta do is repost this, say something nice to somebody, and put the easiest way to pay you. We appreciate you. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. We'll be back on the other side with Kirk Herb Street. Take what a throw. Thank, thank you, thank you. Yeah. What a show by you. awesome. That man has won a championship of football at the college level and the professional level. He also has one of the greatest jawlines in the history of homo sapiens. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Hey, Ain't that right, A.J.? You still working on that jaws or size just in case somebody tries to get you one night while you're walking around with Axel and the team? Yep, we are always always trying to get better over in this household. That's right, Pat. Yeah, you chew on that jaws or size like it's a pace to come. That is uh-huh. really yeah, maybe I do. No, we've seen it. Well, you did on air. Bet you do. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it on air. I don't know what that means, comment. I don't know if you have some like ill ill will towards that comment or what? if that's you know, toxic in any way. But, yes, I know Foss, who is a, so a that high was, up at ESPN, also loves it as well and said it helps him with headaches later in the day. Foss has a great jawline as well. He's a professional soccer player. Bet you do is a callback to Jim Rome, Chris Everett, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Jim Everett. Kept calling him Chris, Chris. Everett. The, see, no, that's on yeah. me, Jim. I do apologize <laughs> because the way I remember his name was Chris. He flipped the table. Oh, yeah. He did. He did. Chris is a famous tennis player. That's why it happened. Jim, football player. Baseball. Yes. Of course. Oh. Of course. No, he's football. He's a quarterback. Jim right? Everett? Yeah, quarterback. quarterback. Jim, Jim Everett, quarterback. Yeah. Oh, so I was right. Jim Everett's yeah. also a baseball player, too. So. Well, so you can see how Jim Roman maybe be yeah, a little confused. Exactly. What exactly. do you want from the guy? He's in the jungle every single day. It's insane. Uh, the talks table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. <laughs> Nobody swung on us, Connor. That's good thus far. Yeah, not yet. I, I assume it's coming. Uh, I mean, I said some pretty mean things about Jim Nance last week. I, 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 hmm. Yeah, there was no reason for that. I think he's like notoriously loved, like I, universally really? loved. Yeah, well, his charity Take event led to one of the head. most disrespectful things that has happened in Boston in the last two decades. But absolutely, Romo. It's not him. His event, but I agree, it's not him. What? That's right. You need not. You need not lump Jim Nance in with what Tony Romo said at that event. Are not to. What did Tony? Only, say? only time I ever see Tony. You Romo know what Tony to said, oh, Tony AJ? Said. Yeah. Tony had one night where he's boozed up and said something a little wow. bit morally immoral. Boozed wow. up is putting it a little lightly, but yeah. Oh, he's drinking Coronas. This is Tony line. Uh, he's drinking more than Coronas. He's drinking Coromos. You know what it is? <laughs> exactly. How has that exactly. not been the... Should be. That should be the commercial. Well, the Coromo is actually the Corona with about half of it filled with vodka. <sighs> well, well I, I have too. met people that do that. I don't <laughs> know yeah. if it's necessarily the right move. Coromo. I would like to say I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of Tony Romo on these games again. Oh, yeah. He's the best. You know he's what I mean? The, I'm enjoying the hell out of Tony Romo. Way to sit in the pocket. And Tony's always been known to do that. Yeah. yeah. Sit right. Not good news for his back ever, but no. he will sit right in the pocket, mm-hmm. stare down all the critics and do his thing. One half of the hammer, Dad, Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Tone, now that we're done with the weekend, yeah. what do we need to know about the gambling? The books are hot right now, right? The books are hot right now. Um, the most fascinating stat that I saw gambling is that MCDC, okay, he just coached his, oh, he just got over the 50 game mark. Since 1990, he has the best against the spread record in the entire NFL ever through 50 games. Thank you, MCD. Love that. You love that. Guy's just a dog. You spend money on the Lions. You bet on them, they want to show up for you. 
And also, this means the sports books had no respect Zero for ACDC yeah. for a long time with the spreads, probably. They saw him gnaw kneecaps at the beginning, wear an a IndyCar helmet <laughs> at the press conference. This guy ain't going to be able to win any games. He's a, he's a stooge. So then the books weren't acting uh-huh. appropriately, and people were taking yeah. advantage of it. And Michigan... Legal sports gambling state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So a lot of money has been made off of MCDC as well. We need to ride that big stallion, MCDC, into this thing. Him and the Lions are currently on a 15-3 and three against the spread run. What? Jeez. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, and then the other thing that's dominating. Thank you, MCDC. Thank you, MCDC. Is the unders. They are 71-50-1 this year. 19-7 and seven on primetime are the unders. Yeah, you love the good primetime I do, and we it's funny because, you know, we always come in and we talk about it, and we're like, that game sucked last night. And that's because it went under normally. So how people think about the games and stuff like that. If it was low scoring, the game sucked. It's been a two-year period now yeah, where yeah. it's been a lot of primetime primetime prime unders, 19-7 this year. Okay. You love a good under, too. Yeah. Why not? It's awesome. It'll change. You love a turnover on downs in the red zone. Yep. yep. You love a nice fumble at the goal line that's a touchback yep. instead of a touchdown. Love them. them to me. Yeah, punts, more of them. Yeah. You well, love everything about also, it. Also, yeah, I also love, I don't know if you saw last night, Maction is back, and it was back in about three inches of snow up in Michigan. So I do appreciate the fact that uh, Jacksonville State said, we'll open midweek football Correct. like three weeks before the Maction Tuesday yep. comes back because it's been nice to turn on a game. Last night, obviously, the optics were the beautiful uh, part of it, but Maction back in the middle of the week is good gambling for us because Tone Diggs will be deep in the weeds of a nice Tuesday night or Wednesday night game yeah. for us in college football. Very much so, and I think Bruce said it, said it best. Conference USA can have the nice weather Tuesday, Wednesday games early in the year. When Maction comes in, we want rain, hail, sleet, snow, all those beautiful things that comes with Maction. And a lot of unders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like what Tone Diggs <laughs> is pumped up about. Uh, nine-year NFL vet, host of the Man to Man podcast and everything DB. Darius J. Butler is here. Debo, we haven't talked about it much. Razul Douglas got traded immediately after we went off the air yesterday, which we kind of said yeah. was going to happen. Uh, we're going to stop, and then somebody's going to be traded. Although the trade deadline produced some massive events. Josh Dobbs, new starting quarterback from go. one place to another. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Razul Douglas, though, going from Green Bay to the Buffalo Bills immediately after we end. That's sneaky, massive play, right, for the Buffalo Bills? Could be. They need they need another corner. They want to play man coverage. Um, we obviously know they lost Tredavious White. Uh, Kyra Elam, their first-round pick from a couple of years ago, he's been a healthy scratch uh, for a few weeks so obviously got to figure out you know what's going on there as far as you know developmental wise and getting him on the field but getting a guy who's been around who can play inside who can play outside who can press who can play off Rasul Douglas is a smart player and it was it's funny I saw, saw a little sound bite about him and Josh Allen uh, you know talking a little shit oh chirping a little bit and now they're teammates so you know, speaking of that everybody fun. says Russell great teammate so he's getting dropped in there he's gonna mix in blend in well and that's the type of player you want on the team somebody on the other side talking shit to you on your side you're talking shit back now we're all together 12 year NFL vet Super Bowl champion AQ Shipley's here other big news of yesterday after we went off the air first official college football playoff top 25 mm-hmm. ranking joining us now fresh off a call of one of his 10 jobs is the voice of college football for the last 28 years Kirk Herbstreit yeah Herbie okay let's get right to it because we know you're very busy and we thank you for taking time on this glorious Wednesday with a game tomorrow game Saturday and also college game day in there I know you're in the middle of prep let's dive in what did you see last night from the first official top 25 and how should we be viewing this because it's hard to obviously project what's going to take place for the rest of the season let alone any Saturday for college football but what does this mean and what did you take away from last night's first edition First of all, everybody needs to be pissed off. Everybody needs to be mad. <laughs> everybody needs to just be hate everybody. That's what the first rankings mean. College football, baby. College football. Yeah, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. 
Um, you know what it means is I think that this committee is looking at the resume and um, I understand it. I, uh, I think that the one thing that I always think about is this is subjective. So how AJ breaks it down or you do or anybody looks at it, it's up to you. So it's up to it's your own rankings. What do you look at? I, I happen to look at the, I think the uh, resume is very important, like Ohio State going to South Bend at night and winning. That's a big deal. Uh, you know, Oregon beating Utah in Utah, pl- tough place to win. That's a big deal. Uh, Washington beating uh, Oregon at home. Big deal. So all the Texas winning in Tuscaloosa, those are all big things. But uh, I think also a big thing is who's the best team. This is not about putting the most deserving teams in at the end of this when the dust settles. It's about putting the best four. And I think that's where the argument has always been with the college football playoff. I think there are a lot of people that want to put the most deserving teams in. How do you evaluate most deserving? If it's all about being undefeated, everybody should play MAC teams or below in the non-conference, and Texas should never play Alabama. What's the point? If it's just about being undefeated, why the hell am I going to go to Tuscaloosa and go play Alabama? Like, why would you play anybody? which is not good for the game. It's not the kind of games players want to play in. It's not the kind of games that fans want to watch. So I I have a special place in my heart when I see teams that are willing to go out in the non-conference and play somebody. And even if that team sucked that year, three, four, five, seven years ago, whenever they scheduled them, it's a massive power five opponent that at least they attempted to try to schedule. So to me, there are differential aspects of this that when you get to the end of it, you can try to separate teams in that cluster. For right now, no issue if you have Ohio State at one because the win against Penn State, the win against Wisconsin, of course, the win against Notre Dame. I think that's why they're up at the top. You can make a very strong argument for Georgia to be at the top because they're coming off their best week of football, and I think a lot of people think they're the best team when they play up to their ability. And you can make a strong argument for Michigan. They haven't played anybody, but they've been the most dominant in all three phases. So, We're splitting hairs at the top. The cool thing is, Pat, all these teams literally in the top 13 control their own destiny. It's all in front of you. You win your games. You're going to be exactly where you want to be. It's not worth getting upset about right now. Go out and win, and and you're going to continue to climb the ladder. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful thing about college football or football in general. But if you're ranked up there, fan base has got to be pumped that you're already getting a head start on potentially making it into the college football playoff. But if you lose, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. at all. AJ, your question for Kirk. Kirk, do you think uh, it matters what the games look like or what your wins look like, especially at this point before this first poll? Like, how Do you think, hey, they don't look like they should. They're not blowing everybody out if you're one of the top teams? Yeah, I th- well, I think Ohio State's an example of that. I mean, y- you and I know Ohio State pretty well over the years. And I think e- and as much as I want to jump up and down and say Ohio State's the best team in the country, you know, we're, we're alums and we're fans and we, we that's our team. But we're also honest. You know, I think right now Ohio State's playing great defense. I think Ryan Day deserves a lot of credit because he's gone from being a guy that's scoring 45 or 50 a game with C.J. Stroud and – and uh, the offense that they've had over the years to now, they're winning with defense and they're running the ball with Trevion Henderson. And they're, they're being careful with their pass game. They're throwing it to Marvin, but they're not quite being the offense that you're used to seeing. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. So there's different ways to win. But are they that same offense that you just guaranteed he's going to score 45? They're going to throw it all over the yard. 
they're growing to try to become that, but that's not who they are yet. So I think the, the committee looked at those wins that you're referring to and said, nobody's got a better resume. So because of that, let's put them up at number one. And I, I don't think you can have uh, you can you can defend that. Um, but like I said, I think you could defend Georgia. You could defend Michigan. They're, they're at this point in the season. We're not even just getting to November. Um, I, I think we're, we're this system was built to get to December, not November. So it's easy to kind of get upset and it's easy to kind of find inconsistencies. But at the end, hopefully it all makes sense. To echo the statement a little bit there, you think about Florida State at four. They just had their best game. They beat the hell out of Wake. Washington in the last two weeks. Yeah. You know, like that Washington win over Oregon is huge. That's a massive win. Mm -hmm. But you watch them the last two weeks, they have not looked their best. Florida State's coming off their absolute best game, and Oregon looks like an absolute buzzsaw. Very excited and thankful to be a part of it alongside of you every single weekend. Can't wait to get down to Alabama. Good luck tomorrow night in Pittsburgh, and we'll see you in Tuscaloosa, pal. Awesome, brother. Appreciate it. Sorry I was a little bit late. Uh, I was just talking to yeah. Coach Tomlin. It took a little time there. Yeah. Don't let it happen again. Bowl. <laughs> Coach Tomlin, you got to call his game tomorrow night? Lock going on in that building? You tell him to shut up and you come do <laughs> right. college football play. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah. Right. So he's digging deep there. It sounds like him and Tomlin had a great conversation. I wonder what that was about. Was it about you dressing up as the devil, Matt Cannon? I, I'd assume, you know, Herbie's a professional. He wouldn't bring that up to Coach T. Uh, but for the rankings, I, th I think the committee did something smart, okay? They have Texas above Oklahoma, head-to-head -head Oklahoma beat them. Mm. They have Kansas above Oklahoma State, head-to-head -head Oklahoma State beat Kansas. But then they also have where head-to-heads, they have the same record, and they have the team that won above them. So they can, later on down the road, they can say, you know, sometimes, you know, we have the head-to-head, -head, but it doesn't matter, and sometimes it does. So it doesn't matter ever, and they can put teams wherever they want. Fascinating thing that he brought up in there it's like if if it's just being undefeated they can just book terrible games non-conference games and everybody's gonna hate it everybody's gonna get mad about it everybody's gonna talk shit about it but if that's what they're judging off of why would the schools not do that if they're trying to hunt for a national championship it's like notre dame ohio state that's a big relationship that's gone back. Last year, Ohio State almost got got by yeah. Notre Dame in that particular game. This year, they go in there and do that. Obviously, James Franklin and the boys are a much better team this year, and that was an early conference game for them. But I appreciate Kirk bringing that up because it's hard not to just judge that. Like, it's hard not to just be like, very much. this team hasn't lost. So, like, I'm saying that with Georgia, pretty much. Yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah. this, this team hasn't lost, and they're the national champions back-to-back. -back. Like, they should be number one in my mm -hmm. eyes. But then also, I think there was a time where they were supposed to play somebody, somebody backed out, and it's probably tough to book schools if you're Georgia, I would assume, yeah, at this oh particular yeah. time. It's a weird balance and dynamic for the entire season and what they're judging off of for the ultimate prize. I, remember, I think it was Oklahoma or something, or Texas. Oh, I think it was Oklahoma, and then once they joined the plan to join the SEC, that game got canceled or something. Yeah, because oh. now they're going to be playing each other anyways in the yeah, SEC. I think it's that's a, what it it's was. a wild it's a weird time in college football. And then they do the projections of what, next year? They're like, this is this year. Yeah. Just oh, and they're next like, year next year, though, this is what's coming. It's like college football is about to get awesome. And I do appreciate that they're going to give them a little bit more of an ability to, you know, miss. Slip up a little bit, you mean? Yeah, like have a slip up? Yeah, the committee I'm talking about. Because whoever's five yeah. in this thing, so mad. So Forever. Forever. Like, that was our year. That was, that was the year we were supposed to do it. Like, yeah, University of Dayton. They were their basketball team. 
this is a weird reference, obviously, but they were doing great, killing it, having a great year. Obi Toppin's there, yeah. and COVID hits, and they don't get to go to the tournament the one year that they had a chance to like make a really, really good run. So people are mad at COVID for a lot of reasons. Dayton Flyers yeah. certainly pissed about the Sabrina. basketball scene. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu. Uh, but whenever you talk about like this particular thing, if you're ranked five in a country, your team is very fucking good. Yeah. Like, you remember being ranked – like Washington. I was on a team that was ranked in the top five. It was a huge – Ordeal. Like, you were obviously on teams there. Were you guys ever ranked in there? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, it was before yeah. everything came out. Oh, yeah. We finished number three in Joe 05. Pa. Finished on five. Joe oh, Pop. Wow. So. 13. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. First time in school history ranked. Might yeah, but that's that's a huge deal. Like, being ranked yeah. fifth in the first official one is massive. And I'm sure Washington's okay with it because their fan base has had to go through the last couple weeks where they haven't looked necessarily as great. But, like, some of these teams that are, like, eighth, ninth, they're, like, so mad. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you, we got a lot of season left. Your team is ranked very high. That doesn't matter anymore. It's like, hey, we are on a path to win a national championship. Good luck to all of them. Dabo talking about... You know, his fan. Yeah. CW. Yeah, it's awesome. It is. goes from, you go from, it just shows you, man, like winning helps a lot. It really does. It's tough to lose games as a as a head coach of a program that is not used to losing games. All right, we'll take some phone calls on the phone lines. one 833 Can't wait to hear what the people are talking about. Let's talk about some other things that are being talked about around the sports world. Wemby last night. Man. Dressed up like Slender Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a Slender Man is, but when I saw the caption and I saw the way he looked, I thought to myself, that's the perfect costume for somebody that's seven foot five. Identical. And is built the way he is. That is what the scary person from, was it New York? Oh, I don't know where exactly it was. I think internet. Sl- yeah, I think it was on the internet, but I think there was an actual Slender Man in like. Yes. Uh, New York somewhere. I watched a documentary on it, I think. I don't know what it looked like, but nonetheless, this guy is fascinating to watch play basketball. He, I guess, came out and said that Kevin Durant is his idol and the person he looks up to. Kevin Durant was playing against him last night, was asked about it. Kevin Durant said, that just makes me feel old, you know, because a guy who's coming into the league looked up to me through it all. And then in the end, in the end of the game, Wemby has a putback. Goes around Kevin Durant, okay? Big, long three. 114, 111 here. Phoenix has the lead with 11 seconds back. Oh, let me go around. Wemby says, thank you. I don't have to jump to do that. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, we have a, I think, one-point game. Two. Oh, no. And then Kevin Durant gets the rock. Stolen. Give me that. Layup. Takes the lead with, like, two seconds left. Phoenix Suns go from having a massive win at home to a one-point loss to Wemby and the boys. And Kevin Durant's kind of right in the middle of that. And Wemby is right in the middle of that as well. What have you seen from Wemby and the Spurs team thus far? And we need – this guy's, like, must-watch just because of, like, how it Mm -hmm. looks out there. Yeah, still fascinating just to see him move around the court. Like, you're used to guys that aren't that tall, but, like, being under the rim and stuff. He's getting rebounds. He's going coast-to-coast. Like, it's absurd watching him dribble but we were talking about this before with Bruce like everyone including the players on his own team probably even including Greg Popovich like they have to kind of understand and get used to the fact that he is 7-5 and like everything he can do everything on the floor like you you'd think that if to get him in the game maybe they give him a couple easy posts like he's chucking up threes to start this game it, it is ridiculous he only took 12 shots he should be taking about 30 a game, I'd say. He, should, he definitely needs to ball more. He's He only played 28 minutes. He's got to play, again, 30, 35 minutes. Like, let's get this guy 
Uh, he, he should what is be, it? They're trying to slow roll it a little bit? Is that probably, what they're trying to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Body type like that. Yeah, the other guys. Like, he needs to play with those guys. He's only played a few games with all the guys on his team. Like, it, it's not like they're not trying to give him the ball. But when you're watching, it, it is frustrating because there are times where he should clearly be getting the basketball, whether it's out on the three-point line or in the block or in, you know, fast break and everything. What do you mean? Like he's underneath and there's somebody that he's certainly a, mix, a mismatch? Yeah, like we, I showed you a couple of them in the first quarter where it's like there's a guard on him because they're running pick and rolls with him, and they're not, you know, passing it down to him on the block when clearly it's an automatic bucket. But I, I guess that is part of the getting used to the fact that you have an automatic two points every single time someone who isn't Kevin Durant or a center is guarding him. So I'm fascinated by the fact that this seems to be an NBA thing. Like, when we went down to New Orleans, they introduced Zion, like, third. Okay? I think they introduced him third in the starting lineup in his first game. And they were only on national television because he was playing. It was his debut. And they were like, well, we don't want to put too much on his plate. (laughs) Uh, which yeah. which makes sense too oh, soon, yeah. too yeah. soon. Yeah. You know, as it was coming Ooh. out, uh-huh. they didn't want to put Ooh. too much on his plate too soon. They didn't want the pressures of being, and also they were worried about his health. It's like this dude's had the pressure of a franchise on his shoulder since he's the Zion fourteen franchise yeah. since yeah. he's like fourteen years old. But it feels like the NBA tries its best yeah. to protect some people. I don't know if that's what's going on with San Antonio, but I'm excited for the day whenever it's the Wemby show every single game. I, yeah, I will be excited. I'm excited for the day, and hopefully it comes. Don't know if will. Maybe the end season tournament will help. Maybe the new rules that Adam Silver is kind of putting out there with stars resting. Oh yeah, just I know Charles Barkley kind of cut a promo on like opening night. You know. Fans expect, like, you want the guys to get out there and play. And if you're hurt, that's one thing. But if you're just, you know, third game of the season and you're sitting to rest, Jimmy, you know, right. injury or, you know, Sounds Brad Bill, not sure yeah. what's going on with him. He's not coming out. Book been out. It's like, man, like, come on, dude. Like, come on. We got to get out there and play. And, like, you can't be slow rolling, you know, 22-year-olds, 19-year-olds. Yes. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's how I ended up getting to introduce the Pelicans, actually, because I was so loud about it. Mm-hmm. Can we just put this guy on the fucking court and just give him the ball? And then whenever he was on it, he was so scared to have the ball. It was like he was passing away. It was like, how come the coach isn't saying, hey, when you get the ball, we're all here for you. Yeah, just play. Take that we thing don't. right to the rack. And then everything kind of unfolded, and they're like, see, 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 <laughs> that's why. That's why we didn't know. It's like, all right, you're right. I'm wrong. With Wemby, it feels like he's been prepared to be an NBA guy his whole life, like mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, it's like Luca. Like Luca played professional basketball when he was 15 years old. Like, if you look up Luca Doncic's rookie year, it says 2015, but he didn't join the NBA till 2018. So like this guy, he can play. He knows how to play. And we looked at the Luca stuff earlier when Luca came in with the Mavericks. It kind of felt like this, where he's the new face of the franchise, and some of the older vets maybe aren't like, no, you're not, but maybe don't want the transition to be in the first game. So like DeAndre Jordan, I think it was DeAndre Jordan, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Harris. And Barnes, like the Mavericks got rid of or didn't re-sign like six or seven vets that they had for Luca's rookie year. And then that second year is when he really became like, okay, this is the guy for the Mavericks and one of the guys in the NBA. I also wonder if part of the problem is like with a lot of these NBA teams, like even if a guy's not like a superstar, it's like some some of these guys who no one's ever heard of before are making like thirty million dollars a year. So it's like Hey, you're paying me a shitload of money, you know? Like I understand we just drafted this guy first overall, but like I'm still on this team. I'm still a, yeah, you invested all this money in me. Like I'm still out here to get shots up and and I'm not just going to give the keys to this guy just cuz we drafted him first overall. Are we watching the NBA this year? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Not, yeah. I watch, watch it, NBA I watch and it NHL. I yeah. usually watch it later. I watch the highlight. I feel like I'm in tune because I just watch the internet. Is the NBA is the internet? Yeah, they crushed. It's it. an internet yeah, league. Yeah. You know, like everybody and talks. Ja about, coming back. What's that, buddy? 
When's John Morant coming back? I think he's got games 20, 25. 25. I think he's got 20 games left. Yeah, it was 25. I'm looking forward so. to that. That guy is must-watch TV. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Is he the same guy? Got to be. Got, he should have a little more spring in his step. Yeah, should he have some fresh legs. Should be think, better. You'd think yeah. he'd be healthier. Because yeah. we'd assume he's taking care of his body a little bit more from what we had heard in the past. But what if, you know, that edge, I don't want him to look, because he is an edge guy. True. Oh, yeah. You know, like not, that is, that is kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to have more of an edge. He's going to be so pissed he got suspended. He's going to take it out in the league. Hell yeah, John. Dylan Brooks is gone, too. The, the drama. That guy got uh, Ooh, embarrassed by Steph the other night. Yes, yeah. he did. I feel like it's going to follow him forever, what he did. The whole mm-hmm. little playoff run he had. Yeah, he got got paid, though. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, 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 worked out for him. Worked out for him. Uh, Jerry Jones was talking about the big time. Huge 415 Eastern matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend, this morning, on his weekly hit with... 102.5 The Fan? 105 The Fan? Your 103.5. The there fan. it is. Your Dallas 105.5. Cowboys. 105.3. Oh. The fan. Ooh, 105. Let's Thought go. 105.3. The fan. You're okay. home for Cowboys coverage. Also, you're home for Jerry Jones every single week. Probably does that for free if I had to guess. <laughs> Joining us now, now, let's hear him talk about the respect he has for Philadelphia in a massive game coming up this weekend. Yeah, this is uh, easy for me to say, but this is serious that we're dealing with up here, Sunday man. Uh, we got uh, we've got to really uh, have our game face on, and Philadelphia is a tough place to uh, uh, get your momentum going. But uh, it's all there, and <clears throat> to me, this is all about uh, 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 just what the NFL can be. <clears throat> I had a, a, a priest, Father Tribune, that. Uh, both my sons went to uh, Catholic school there uh, when we lived in Little Rock, and uh, but Father Tribute really became their their master, uh, uh, and he was just that. What? He was uh, Bill Clinton took him to see the Pope mm-hmm. when Bill Clinton was president. Excuse he was me? such Bill an educator, but his family was from Philadelphia, and he was raised Priest by Father all Tribute. sisters, all girls raised him, and so you can oh, imagine dude. he had a a lifelong. Uh, wit about him, but also a lifelong uh, uh, resentment because they put dresses on him when he was young. <laughs> but uh, we used to have a big time, but I'll never forget I was walking yeah. through the uh, stadium, and uh, you have to get to uh, uh, the dressing room and get to where you're going to sit to watch the game. And I heard somebody yell over the background and said, look at that arrogant SOB. Said he even got his own priest going along with him. <laughs> said, <laughs> doesn't that take a lot of audacity? And of course, I winked at him and blew him a kiss and said, "You bet." You should see what his sisters did to him. You know, that's what Jerry said about the uh, priest. And shout out to Father Tribune, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, and everything father. he's accomplished in that. But here's Mike McCarthy talking about Philadelphia as well. So now the owner talking about going to Philadelphia a little bit and then took a little bit of a detour and then <laughs> obviously came back talking about Philadelphia. Here's big Mike McCarthy talking about heading up to Philly. I think clearly, you know, the expectation of, you know, what, what's it going to be like to play in, you know, Sunday night football in Philadelphia. I don't know if we haven't played during the daytime since I've been here. So, I mean, that's so that's that's good to have that experience. It's not Sunday uh, night. Uh, no, awesome. Going there, it is a unique place to play. <laughs> and uh, so you know, we, we look forward to it. So it's uh, so that's part of it. But, you know, schematically, in, in, you know, and these players know each other. I mean, some of these guys train together in the off season too. So, you know, I think all that is helpful. What makes Philadelphia a unique place to play? 
just uh, friendly people. You know, just. <laughs> I love that. I love that it's being talked about. I love that it's obvious that the Cowboys are being told by their coach, by the owner, by the GM, and Cowboys know this, obviously. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Cowboys that play there a lot. But it's like a reminder, hey, we're going into a place where their fans, you know, are a part of the game. That's a place that is going to be very loud, very harsh in a massive game. I think we're building up for a good 415 game yep. on Sunday between these two in the NFC East, AJ. Yeah, we are. Isn't what coaches always say when you're going to Philly? Like, hey, these, these fans booed Santa Claus. Like, that's always the thing that they say about Philly, isn't it? Didn't they Was throw, throw yeah, snowballs? Batteries and snowballs. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Poop. They care for their team, man. Like, that's, it's, Philly's a great place to play, man. If you can go into Philly and get a win – it you, like your team can build so much momentum and so much because it is like players respect how Philly fans are. They really do. Even if you're against them and they're yelling at you, throwing stuff like you're like, man, this is pretty sweet. How diehard they are for their squad. I appreciate the fact that they are the way they are. I think every stadium should be that way, mm-hmm. but those places that are a little bit more ruthless, mm-hmm. a little more age to them. It's all that makes the yeah. game better. I think every single, even if it was, and it's not, if that was a one o'clock game, whenever the fans are being the way they are. They almost build the hype mm-hmm. around the game and make it feel bigger and better. I love that Philly fans are being chatted about. Like yeah, this. especially as a player, because sometimes you go in and the coach will tell you, hey, this is going to be one of those games. we got to bring our own energy. got to bring your own juice. You go in here, as soon as you pull in the buses and you're going through the tailgates and shit, you're getting the birds, you're getting shit probably thrown at the bus. And um, yeah. Is this the stadium that has the jail in it? Or yeah. 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 They try to put as many jails as possible in Philadelphia, from what I've been told. Smart. I don't know if they're all packed out or not, but it feels like yeah. potentially a conversation starter for there is that uh, AQ you played for the Eagles there for a bit played for the Steelers similar fan bases you played for the Ravens great mm-hmm. fan bases similar fan bases Colts Baltimore fans well the Baltimore <laughs> we're a hospitable bunch it's called Hoosier Hospitality that's why I threw it in there they are loud obviously but they're great not going to be telling people you know things about their mother no. and their family right. and things that they've done in their past and very loudly pointing that out to not only them, but everybody around them as well, what this person has done. They feel like they're a part of the game. Favorite place to play for you whenever it comes to that type of thing? Because I'd assume you appreciate the shit talk, if I had to guess. Uh, yeah, honestly, my favorite places to play are the ones that are going to shit talk you from the, Seattle. Whenever I was in Arizona, I loved it. You know, you go there and they're talking shit and you're booing you. They're, it's awesome. When you go to Philadelphia, it's amplified and it is awesome. I mean, that's what you live for as a mm-hmm. player. You live for being the villain and going in and spoiling the, the home crowd. And whenever they're actually, you know, at the beginning, riding the wave of the game, mm-hmm. like you talk about on the ride in, like there's been a couple places you pull in where it's not just like old people doing it. It's like there's kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> little kind of kids with oh, their yeah. dad like telling, hey, what these, they can't hear us because those windows, but they can certainly see us. Come on, Johnny. Put that little middle, remember what I taught you. Remember what I taught you. Fuck this team. Like, that is, I love that, AJ. I genuinely do. And then there's some places, like Green Bay, I do believe. Indianapolis is very similar to this. I think Nebraska is known for this in college. Like, they're going to be there. It's going to be loud. But they're going to be very hospitable. Hey, good game. (laughs) Hey, good game on the other way. That's also a little mental fuckery, AJ. Yeah, it is. I think it can work either way. could work on teams, especially maybe some if you have some guys that have never played there, maybe some young guys, it's their first experience like that. Say you came from some small school in college, didn't play in front of a ton of people, and then all of a sudden you're thrust into the starting lineup at Philly. Like, yeah, oh. that could uh, that could play some games on some people. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Go ahead, Connor. You remember when Joey Bosa was walking into the oh, Niners-Eagles yeah. <laughs> championship oh, yeah. game last year? That That's like the perfect 
Anytime take, you get somebody to say, yeah, I'm rich or not, bitch, yeah. you know you won. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. really got it. Yup, thought so. Yeah. Just got this, John. Yeah. See? yeah, it's on camera. You fucking loser. Yeah, like, got it. I mean, that is, those are the types of fans that we appreciate. Raiders, Raiders fans, too. Oh, Throw, the old throwback, Raiders. Throwback, Oakland, yeah. Black Hole. Like, I went to, as a fan, my boy played for Raiders, I went to a Raiders Chargers game. That shit, that was, that environment. Head on a swivel? Oh, yeah. Having a swivel in the in the in the bath everywhere, the bathroom. If you had on, you know, it was like some some gang shit out there. Like, well, Houston? I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Is Houston like that? Or are they just loud. loud. Yeah. Houston's Houston very is loud. loud. Yeah, very very loud. But they're if they won, I'd assume they'd be able to turn it up a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if you're a good fan base and your team hasn't won, I think you kind of are forced into being like, good game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you win a lot, like Patriots fans, they don't yeah. get enough credit either. Great. New England fans, very loud. Very loud. It's always talking about like, hey, football team's good, Tom's good, Bill's good, everything like that. That stadium is very, and they're assholes. Oh, yeah. They, you know what I mean? Shots. The muskets. Yeah, oh, yeah, the shots. Pricks. And they've had reasons to be arrogant for a very long time. Like, that helps a fan base out immensely. Yeah, and, they, and they've kind of, they have stayed, you know, kind of true to themselves. Like last year, I think, it was Stefan Diggs where the fan yelled, you know, suck my dick. And then you got the. It was the, caught on camera. Yeah, 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 you got the sound bite of Stefan Diggs, shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that's a great little exchange we got. Those are good battles. Yeah. yeah. Those are things that don't get talked about. Can't get, uh, obviously, promoted in a lot of uh, places. Sure. But there's some stadiums that view themselves as a weapon. Eagles fans, you've done it. You're Jerry and you're Mike. Yeah, good work. Massive day. Congratulations on doing that. Tomorrow night, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, excited to hear what they are. Let's go to the phones, shall we? Uh, we got Bones, actually, in Pittsburgh. Ooh. Oh, nice. Great. Bones in Pittsburgh, how you doing? Hopefully better than the Steelers, Penguins, and the Pirates. Oh! oh it's, all right, it, it's brutal here. It's brutal. How you guys doing? How's the boys? Hey, everybody's good, Bones. Uh, big night tonight for tomorrow night for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tone Diggs dressed up like uh, the devil nope. and Matt Canada. Just, just Matt Canada. <laughs> oh, sorry. Called Matt Canada the devil yesterday. Mike Tomlin's come out and, you know, had to say some things about turnovers, basically taking a shot at the defense. Do you have any faith left in this Pittsburgh Steelers team there in Pittsburgh, Bones? I, You know what? I, I, I got a few things I want to say about that. Um, I honestly think we might be chanting for the wrong guy to be fired here, bud. Uh, Canada, sort of a front to me uh, in the trenches while uh, Coach T Good sits luck. on the uh, horse at the back of the battlefield. Whoa. Whoa. He's, uh, Whoa. he's getting a little too comfy for me, bro. Um, <laughs> six years, no playoff wins. Uh, 2016, last playoff win, oh, 30th man. total offense, right. 30th in total defense right now. Like um, my man's running out of things to say at the podium, bud. Um, I just want to know where our stones are, bro. Like, you watch the games, it's like, we're Pittsburgh. Enough's enough, you know? All right. Bones not happy. No, he's not. no, he's not. Did you expect that from a call from Pittsburgh a day before a game? Not going that Coach T. He said people were chanting fire Canada. Enough. He's a puppet. It's a guy in the back. He's on the horse at the back of the battlefield. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. All right, did not expect that. Coach T, it's getting loud. Yeah. yeah. Coach T, it's getting loud. It wasn't the worst reference I've ever heard, to be honest. Um, Is that how all of Pittsburgh feels? I'm yeah, really starting, I, I genuinely I'm pretty hurt. sure we are very, very close to that. Now, they have cooled down that because they've had timely wins. Like, it's we haven't gone on a losing streak yet. Four uh, and three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leading the AFC, second in the AFC North. Yeah. Second in the AFC North. So, I mean, it's going to get real. Like, this is how they are with a winning record. 
Mm. Is how we are with a winning record. Yeah, so what are you saying is going to happen, yeah, Tony? They wait until rattle off four or five losses in a row here. That ain't going to happen. I don't. What are you talking about? T. Yeah, what's their what schedule? The defense hard? keeps scoring. The defense scores two or three times a game. Uh, they, speaking of that, let's go to a quote from you. Mike Tomlin <laughs> from you. his press conference talking about the turnovers in the defense. A lot of people got very uh, flustered about this quote, and I don't know if they heard it or just read it. But here's Mike Tomlin talking about the synopsis of the game this past weekend where the Jacksonville Jaguars came into Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh weather, played Pittsburgh football, and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then stole terrible towels from Yinzers and Pittsburghers sitting in the front row. I mean, most disrespectful yeah. thing that could have happened to the Steelers. Here's Coach Tomlin. We were able to get some turnovers, uh, but they weren't the type of turnovers that, that tee up the offense in terms of being on the short field, although I do appreciate mm. them. Uh, they kept the score down. Uh, they weren't the type of ones that teed up the offense. And so, um, obviously, we, did, we got a desire to, to dominate the turnover component of play. Uh, we got some, but not, not the type um, that's really advantageous. Hey, that pissed off a lot of people. Oh, we didn't get the right turnovers. It sounds like people think he's ta- attacking the defense, which I know Bones just said is 30th ranked in the deep, but it's yeah. like the defense is really the only part of it. I felt like after listening to that, that was him – talking shit on the offense. That wasn't him talking shit on the defense. Yeah. That was him saying, like, our defense knows that we have to basically hand points to this offense that we're playing right now. That's kind of how I took it after listening to it. But whenever you read, like, these turnovers weren't good turnovers, talking about ones that are in the red zone, I think you naturally bury them. What are your thoughts on it, AJ? Yeah, I took it how you did. Like, he's trying to wake that offense up because I don't know about you guys, but I've never really heard any coach tell a team or tell anybody, hey, these eight, hey, Appreciate the turnovers. These just aren't good turnovers. We don't. We <laughs> need them in better. We need better field position. We need. We need something else. You got to score a couple times defensively. Yeah, you want all that, but usually a turnover is a turnover. You give your offense an extra possession. Here we go. So yeah, I think he's talking the offense a little bit. I think he's kind of mailed it in on the offense being good. Yeah, he's kind of like, he's hey, not listen, the only won't happen. Hey, listen, we all know what's happening out there in this defense that I am a part of, and I'm a defensive guy, and it's a massive reason why we've never finished below 500 is because how the defenses have been in Pittsburgh. Our defense knows, yeah, you got to fucking take it to the house. I don't care if you get a pick in the end zone. We need to go 105 yards, at least 95 yards, to score some points. I appreciate that that's his angle, but boy, there's a lot of ex-players that have said, this motherfucker speaking publicly about this type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. He might lose some people. Is that what uh, Bones meant by running out of shit to say at the podium? I think so. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with AJ. Never heard the, the you know, not a good turnover. We did see the Denver game, and, you know, he teed up the offense a bunch in great field position. It is turnover battle and field position. Those are, you know, the biggest indicators when it comes to winning and losing games. But, I mean, come on now. He also said punter needs to be a bit more consistent. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, like, I think he – He's tired of it all as well. Yeah, I think he's not only tired of it all, but I think he acknowledges, like, hey, this offense, we we get it, okay? Like, we all – we need field position game, like punter, we need to have a fucking better day. Can't, can't, can't be inconsistent. Defense, yeah, we need you to play offense too when you're on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's what he was saying. AQ, you don't love this necessary phrasing, though? I don't like the messaging, but here's the thing. Like, if he's tired of all the shit that he – like, he keeps saying all the stuff at the podium, right? Thank you. Make some fucking changes Thanks. besides just uh, adding padded practices to Wednesday. Like, all right, cool. We can big, we though. can talk shit on this guy. We can talk shit on this guy. We can make this thing that's like directed at the offense. We'll fucking make some changes then. Thank you from Pittsburgh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Yeah, you hear a lot of. I'm from Pittsburgh. You know, Tones from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. Thank nope. you's from Pittsburgh. Connor's not from Pittsburgh. His name's mm-hmm. Boston Connor. No. Bones 
I sounds like he is from Pittsburgh. <laughs> he definitely. sounds like a Pittsburgh guy. I don't know if we're going to go to another phone call, to be honest with you. I don't expect pretty to get good. into it. Bones defense, is pretty good. Defense be giving up like 140 a game on the ground or something like that. Oh, the pass yeah. isn't much better. But yeah, Nick is out, so. I mean, Ooh, not used to that. Geez. Still defense. What Didn't happens? What happens at the end of the year? What's going to happen? Yeah, the rest of the season. Uh, Penn stink, too, I heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're very bad. No. That's that's the difference. No, bad, yeah. Well, it's five on three to end the game, and then they lose. Yeah, oh. I saw that. Shorthanded. Yeah. You knew that was coming, though. They're old. Long year. Long no, season. Usually they start well. Stats say they should have the most goals in the league. <laughs> Analytics. Analytics told us, what? yeah, that they're playing better than everybody. Yeah, yeah they, they have the most. That. What is that? They oh. have the most would have been goals on would have been plays. Yeah. Hmm. Stat that. That's real? Exactly. Yeah. Real? Mm-hmm. That's accurate. But they just said every goalie standing on their head? Yes. Yeah. Guy stayed one with his fucking back end of his stick <laughs> through mm-hmm. his legs the other. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is what's happening. Maybe he's actually they from will. Pittsburgh. He should be our goalie. Hockey gods are just completely. F- They'll win the would have been cup, though. Look at you. Well, there's the Carabao Cup classic. Of course. Happening. That's right. And they have that That's in the coming. NHL. The yep. Caribou Cup. It's a big matchup today, actually. <laughs> Anyways, Does Gump know about that? Carabao Cup? The Carabout yeah. Cup? Yeah, it's massive. How come the first time we heard about it was from Burma? <laughs> no, I tell you guys about it all the time. You just sweep it to the side. It's no. one of those. I've never heard you say Carabout Cup. Talk about it yesterday. New cup every two Talk days. You keep track all these cups. So it's a World Cup, the Euros Cup, right. the this cup, the that cup, right. the happy cup, the messy cup. And then FA, FA Cup, Carabout Cup, Champions League, We're trying to keep up. We're trying to. We're champions cup. Too many MLS playoffs tonight, actually. Atlanta's Who cares? Is Miami playing? That's that's why I don't bring up the Carabao Cup right there. There's your answer. The best fucking player in the world. Dude, and they win 100 games and somehow. Well, none of those were MLS games. So, uh, they're playing they won all the these cup already. He won the balloon door. Yeah, exactly. Hey, by the way, MLS player won, wins the balloon door. About time. Uh, it's yeah, our sport good. now. Yeah, should have been Freddie you do. It's our sport now. Hell yeah, it should have been. I saw it. Literally, I think his first game in America was against my team. He was certainly not our age, but he did cook us. Yeah. He fucking cooked us. I've never seen anything like it. He was bodying everybody. I think he had like a 75-mile-an-hour shot when we were like 12. That didn't make any sense. But he's How was a dog. on the playoffs? Huh? How do they not let Messi's team in the playoffs? Like, that's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen. Should have asked Gary Bettman about that, what he would have done if he was the commissioner of the MLS. I do believe the commissioner of the MLS has been offered up to our program, though. Okay. okay. So whenever he comes on or she comes on, we will certainly ask, like, hey, could we have not just open know, it up for more teams, maybe, or just let everybody in? Or fugaze that midseason yeah. tournament and yeah. just add those points. Oh, you win that thing, you automatically get into the playoffs. Boom. I'd love to hear what horseshit answer we get in return but to why Messi's not in the playoffs. You talk about the balloon door winner? Yeah, I am. But, hey, guess what? The Atlanta United has eight guys who are really good who no one's ever fucking heard of that you can watch in the playoffs. <laughs> no thanks. The disrespect. It's true. It is, but it's very true true at the same time. We're not happy about it. That's you. I'm pissed. You wanted to watch, and guess what? Now I won't ever watch an MLS (laughs) game again until Messi's back on the pitch. But outside of that, no thanks. I paid my Apple subscription to watch this MLS stalker. That's right. And Messi's not even out there after he wins the balloon door. Okay, no thanks. They got to fix that too on Apple. You got to click too many things. I haven't been in there in months. Yeah, you click click the game, then you got to click. You got to click like four times to get to the actual game. Messi's not playing right now, so they don't give a fuck if you watch it or not. No, that was when Messi was playing too. Yeah, Yeah. it was interesting. And Messi did get hurt too. Yeah, he went down and he played for Argentina, though. Yeah. He was just slicing and dicing. So did he or did he think to himself, we got no shot to make the playoffs somehow, even though they gave me 45% of this league. Yep. What the fuck are they doing? You know the NBA? 
They said, how do we get Zion in here? Mm -hmm. Oh, we need 14 teams. Okay, 14 teams in. There. They can't do it at the MLS? Why? Because the Carabao Cup? Jeez. I'm sick of it. Yeah, and the old school soccer people be mad or something? Oh, they worried about the integrity yeah. of the game? Yeah. Yeah, because the MLS has all, all of the MLS marks were years. mad enough about every messy highlight that and was the equinox. posted. Hey, I, I, I did appreciate that all the MLS teams, when Methy came to town, they were booing his ass oh, as opposed yeah. to thanking his ass. Yeah. Oh, good. Like, oh, people are watching our league now. We might be able to spend more money on things. We might get a little bit more of a spotlight because this guy's here. Get him the fuck out of our town. I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. I actually, I actually did like that. Well, with that being said, these soccer marks is, is what we're calling them? Uh, yep. The Sarks. Yeah. You can't be that blind to know that, like, this dude should be playing as much well, as possible. It was also just an excuse every time he did something <laughs> good. It's like, it's the it's like, yeah, it's the MLS. Also, the guy did the same thing in the goddamn World Cup. Like, he's the best player in the world. It's not the MLS. Not in the playoffs, though. Couldn't lead team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now he got tough. banged up. It's a tough schedule. Too, too physical is what they're saying. Well, the MLS. What happened? Rob, that's what happened to him. I Turf. mean, they had to win 15 straight games to get in. After yeah, but they did win, win 10. Did. Yeah. yeah. That didn't count. Well, they won the MLS Open. Oh. Okay. So no, 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 that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> now we're back to the Caramel Cup again. They won the Waterbury Open. Hey, Burnley, 18 more games. There's a chance they're no longer in that big one, right? Yeah, no, they dead. fucking stink. Apparently, oh, no my. chance. Well, you they went all 18, back? though. They're good. There, right? there, there's four teams at the very bottom that one is going to stay up. They just got to be the one that stays yeah. up. They're going to do it. No Sheffield chance. United has one point. How many does? Burnley has four Bournemouth now has five. Who's the person in Luton first place? Luton Town has five. Tottenham? Uh, Tottenham's top of the table. So how many points do they have? Uh, let me Mind check. You. Hey, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, he's ready. Oh, he's got the kid oh, yeah. on. Of course. We were just talking about soccer. Obviously, Messi wins the balloon door, not able to make the MLS <laughs> playoffs. Now we're talking about your team. Is your team going to stay in the – we're going to stay in the thing, right? Right, we are. All right. Nice. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, JJ Watt. Bye. Appreciate it. No chance. All right. Yeah, he didn't. It went 17 out of 18. They're in for sure, right? Oh, yeah. You never know. Can we put that on a ticker? Owner of Burnley says, You're damn right we are. He promised. Yes. Oh, it's Bolton Board for Gluten Town. Hey, Gluten Town's going to run that 10 times. Look at this dumb American saying his team's going to remain in the super duper league. Yeah. We forgot to ask about his co-owners, Do Perfect, and how often that he spends time together with them watching games. Can you call him back? We do need to know the Dude Perfect. Wait, they own Tyler owns Which Pizza one? Burnley? Which one? All, all of them. them. <laughs> well, Tyler, but Whoa. yeah, all of them. No, all of them. Uh, they have their own piece. Sure, but it's... Who's the ringleader? It's Tyler. 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 I watched Tyler throw a football. Why do you say it like that? Because that's, that's his name. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> T-Y-L-E-R. I'm oh. so sick of all the disgusting name botches around here. You called the guy a wrong name for the Houston no, Texans. No, no, no. I was told it was greener. I have told you many times to quit trusting that Google Voice thing. Nope. And then now you're talking about Tyler in a negative way. So, he, JJ didn't answer. He started squatting. Uh, okay. Of course, we're trying to talk about dude perfect. He can't Try him one more time. All right, let's do that. Let's, do that. let's call him <laughs> one more time. We'll wait. Pretty cool. So his team is in the biggest, the biggest league right now. Already? He broke his arm. What'd you break? This thing came broken. This thing came broken. Shoddy crap. Definitely didn't come broken. Bro, it literally just came out of the thing, and the thing's already. Hold it up. Let me see what happened. The head's still Break his leg? So, uh, oh, just get some super glue, man. Stick it on there. Yeah, I'm crafty. I get it. But this thing shouldn't have showed up like this. It shouldn't. 
That's his feet are supposed to be in air. The guy's lost both his feet. Maybe it's so you can, Oh, no. His foot's stuck in the The guy with no shoes was pissed till he met the guy with no feet. Now mm-hmm. we got this guy here. <laughs> Just goes right back in there. Perfect. Oh, he did? <laughs> That's a life metaphor, AQ. Yeah, it's a great one. You need to fucking remember that whenever you're starting to get sad down. It's a good one. His head's so big, it broke his fucking legs, I think. Too heavy. And also because he didn't answer a call. This is embarrassing. That's Houston. So they're in the main league now, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. time ever. Got it. Yeah, last time oh. ever, too. Whoa. For how long have they been there? One year. This is their first year. They had a they had a long stretch with their old coach and then they got relegated a few years back. Oh, they they've been up in the oh, Super yeah. Duper League before. Burnley was a staple in the Premier League for years. Oh wow. When nineteen twenty? No. Just before this, actually. They were only down in the championship, I think, for two years before this. Oh, so they suck right now? Join us now. He's the owner of Burnley and the guy whose bobblehead showed up here with the completely broken. JJ. JJ Watt. JJ. Yeah, I, w- I don't know what happened there. Made in I got China. More. I'll send you one. Hey, I don't think we've ever got to the bottom of this or know this, and you should have told us this yeah. much sooner. Dude, perfect owns Burnley as well. And what do they do day to day to make Burnley better? Uh, I mean, they have a massive, massive following, and uh, they share the Burnley message out to their following. Um, they, were, they were over there for the first match of the season with me. I sat next Tyler? to them for the first match. Ty- Did you talk to Tyler? Tyler? You talk to Tyler? Yeah. Does he give a motivational speech to the boys? Do we got beef or what? what are, I, I'm trying to figure out. We, no, we love what we what? Got? We got beef or we got beef? beef? Oh, These dudes are Tyler. selling out arenas. Why I got to debut a WrestleMania stage watching Tyler throw a football from the third level of a stadium all the way down into a bucket at the bottom. First, I love first that. Yeah, no, first no, they... Uh, yeah, they've done a great job, like promoting the brand. Obviously, over here in America, they got uh, we got their logo on the front of our kids' yes. kits uh, jerseys. So smart. Uh, yeah, it's great. Do you it's get nice to hang out back with them? there? Oh yeah. All right. If you want to chan- transition, I, I kind of want to see that golf cart. I'm sorry. It's I want to talk about him hanging out with Dude Perfect, but that is a sweet yeah, golf. The estate yeah, is I that can't big. Figure out how the hell to get my head out of the way? What? The, is it, well, it's like optical. I get it. Screwed up here. No, it's good. It's a good cart. You drive that around the neighborhood out there. <laughs> It was my wife's birthday present to me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, nice. Yeah. Dude, perfect. Ever been on that golf cart? Uh, not yet. No, I'm sure there's something. Oh, there's the lawnmower guy. Gotta love it. Landscaper comes at the same time every day, the exact time I'm on the show. <laughs> That's good consistency. We love that. Yeah. And- wow. Jesus Christ. This is a Another one? Said a bunch of fucking lemons. What the hell? <laughs> Who made those? You broke that shit in the box. I did not. I just had to. I had to unsticker it. He broke them both. I got to tell you this. I I went back because I mean, I got six billion mentions now, which is awesome. Your fans are insane. They're the best. Um, So I watched the video. You throwing the the ball. I literally watched it four times and was like, was that pre-recorded? When they switched cameras. When they switched cameras, is that shit pre-recorded? You thought that was a food gaze? Thank you, ZD Baby. All right, we got a couple more here. Let's see if any of these. Jeez Louise. Right out of the back. This is too, I mean, this is unbelievable. How is this all about? This is what happens when Easter B gets fired. Yep. Yeah, Easter. Did you and Easter B know each other? Uh, yes. God bless you. How was that? You lucky son of a bitch. How we the same energy when we Are you back? kidding me? No, no way. way. No way. Oh, I see it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what a joke. 
Brother, it's three JJs. What the? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> no way, it's the full. Yo. Yeah, Bag. Ba Baker's dozen. Bag. How many those ankles? What, what is this? I think it's supposed to be one for all the boys, but instead we got no JJs. We got none. We got zero. It's just a bad batch. They all like yeah, this. They though? sent us all deep, the fucking deep broken ones. We seen Mighty Ducks yet, or what? What's hey, going I'm, on? Hey, I'm halfway through it. I'm halfway through it. <laughs> you stopped? It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I, I had to make a deal with my kids. Actually, I, hey, give me thirty fuck minutes. Is that me? I made a deal with the kids. Oh my 30 god! <laughs> Another oh one. My god! That's absurd. What are the chances? Oh, that one's good. Yep. There we go. There, oh no, no, it's not. Yeah, no. No. Yeah, I think you have clearly. to assemble it. I think you have to assemble it. No, it's clearly it's already been painted. Yep. It's supposed right. to be. Did say right. some assembly required. Is there a little like peg to put uh, his foot on? Yeah, there's there's something to be said there. there. There's a joke in there. Yeah. There's a there's, there's a, only a hundred behind it. joke. Yeah. Bobbleheads are kind of like Burnley. Listen. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, that was right. that's that's what I was just trying to finish the line that you started. Yeah. I'm but, very disappointed. I thought I was gonna have a JJ Watt bobblehead right up here, but guy can't stand up. Guy can't stay healthy. There is not even blood it's right there. There is. JJ, Rocks, Thank you, JJ. Yeah. Thank you, JJ. What's that all about? That's horse shit. That's and they awful. lose to the Panthers. What's going on here? Ser I mean, seriously, what? <laughs> what is going on here? That is. That's a phenomenal thing. Yeah, it's an like embarrassment. So somebody, so as they were packing him, like, fuck this guy, right at the shins. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. And then put him in a box? I don't understand it. There's a chance. I've never seen anything like that. That was not a planned, that was not a planned thing. Oh. I opened a lot of boxes, and I got a bunch of shit everywhere. <laughs> now I just kind of want, like, the head. Like, can we just chop the head off of the thing and put it on like the... Like the torso and put it out on the body like the, uh, like the buffalo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just put it like... Yeah. Bingo. Maybe. Well, he... Boom, boom. Oh. There you go. There it is. He's always looking over you. How long do we think that lasts? Years. Right there. Maybe uh, a long right. time because you try not to hit that screen too often. What was that? AQ. <laughs> Don't be trying to rattle it. Okay, it's already rattling. It's a Jurassic Park. Okay? Big prank. It's going to stay forever now. Ten people, $500 already happened today. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's one thing that has to happen oh. before the weekend. Absolutely. All right, we already had one giveaway, D-Butt, but... Oh, shit. Is he putting? Statistics tell us we're probably only going to have one <laughs> yeah, giveaway sure. by the end of this You thing. sure you don't want AQ button? I saw him on there earlier. Oh. Yeah, that's why we don't. Darius? Uh, You're dressed for golf. Come on, D-Butt. D-Butt, listen. D-Butt looks nice. In, looks yes, he's also working out a little bit more. Now he's back in the Hawkeyes, I believe. Beginning of the season, you could tell he wasn't in the gym. He was on the golf course for a while. Now he's kind of tightened it up. He has moved three feet closer to the hole yeah. than where he started at. But we appreciate it. a little go. bit more. There you go. There you more. go. The All right. Dog. With the mummy behind you there, bringing good luck, um, there is seven balls. All you got to do is make three into that hole over there. And if you do, another 10 people will win $500. AQ Shipley has a golf course in his backyard. AQ, any uh, tips for Darius who has struggled with his green mightily? Um, pick a line and put it through the ball. Don't stop the stroke. 
That's it. That was really good. It never AQ actually almost broke one of those windows. He was chipping on this thing earlier today. Yeah, I did hear about that. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you doing that, having zero respect for the Thunderdome as a whole. But nonetheless, three made putts here, 10 people, $500. Oh. D-Bot! Oh, good confidence stroke, though. Yeah, That is a good confidence it stroke. Is. Hit that thing off the green into a sand trap if we're at a nice green, but a nice mm-hmm. course. But that does not matter. Just one miss. Need to go three of six now. No problems at all for Darius J. Butler. Great everything. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, yeah, oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no. Oh, pump face. Second ball. Drained it. Yeah, oh, we knew that geez. one wasn't going in, but this one is going to be the one where it gets started. All Darius has got to do is make one. Then he'll learn the line. He'll yeah, learn yeah. to touch. Yeah. And then he'll rattle off three in a row. And 10 people will win $500. D button some fresh Air Forces. Oh, is that a lip? Yeah, it yeah. Burn the edge. It yeah. counts. Currently three for twenty-four on this green, uh, keeping track of the last couple of weeks. And his stats are up on the marquee, I do believe. Oh, uh, no. We have analytics. Game revolves around analytics. <laughs> on the, oh no. Uh-oh. What? Three of twenty-four up. Is that, is that there. accurate? That's not accurate. It is. I think it is. It certainly got to a point where we did not expect it to be this bad. But if he makes this one, he'll make the next two. Oh another lip. That's three of twenty-five. It's the same lip. Yep. All D butt's got to do is go three for three. He's oh, gone. Apple. He's gone three of twenty-five yeah. in his last twenty-eight. But if he rattles off these three, ten people win five hundred dollars. Come on, D butt. Darius, for the people, you've learned the course. You've learned the whole. Come on. The mummy's wishing you well. As are the people that are viewing this show and us as a collective group. Mm. Got it. All right. Nope. That was good effort. That there was oh, over oh, six. Over oh, oh, oh. seven. Ah. Ah. All right. Thought good. those last two maybe go in. Oh. It's all right, buddy. Got a lot of season left. Mm-hmm. A lot of season left. Yeah. Guy okay. plays a lot of golf, huh? Butler birdies going to be tough to get those. You can't roll a putt in. But if you have good enough irons, <laughs> you can be just like Scotty Scheffler. And that's why Darius J. Butler exactly. plays. And uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us on this glorious Wednesday. Safe travels, D-Butt. We will see you back here on Saturday. <laughs> mm-hmm. AQ, thank you for stopping by. Great. In the trenches today. Great in the trenches today. Big shout out to Kirk Herbstreit for stopping by in the middle of all his meetings. J.J. Watt and obviously the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman. Watch some hockey. It's an incredible sport, especially on these nights where maybe NFL and big-time college football isn't happening. But with that being said, Maxion's back. There's a lot of great stuff every evening. We appreciate you for following along with us. We'll be back tomorrow here. And then Friday, I'll be live in Alabama. And then we have Saturday's Megacast happening mm-hmm. where we're doing a Red Zone Frenzy yep. night. Yeah. Let's Should go. be fun. Real Should be fun. fun. Reese fun. Davis is hosting that, so a real professional will be in here, which is great news for all parties. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. Like, for instance, Darius, you'll make the next putt. For sure. And not be true. But. 3 to 27, says the boys in the back, which is, seems to be an accurate stat. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.